Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast that when you're a fish out of water, turn into a fish-based jet. I'm Greg. <laughs> I'm a small version of your jet. Oh, I'm yeah. Jordan. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Can I introduce myself now? I'm Ken. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this week we are reviewing Season 3, Episode 2, Deep Metal. Uh, we are also, I believe this is Episode 42 of the podcast itself. It's Episode... I- well, w- this is the 41st episode of the series because okay. I had 41st. to first. Yes, because yeah. I had to um, uh, watch it on YouTube when I the first time. So because I was in another house and it was 41. <laughs> I look next week is 42 because I searched for 42 because I also thought it was 42. Oh, no, this is episode 42 of the podcast because last week was 41. Yep. Well, Unless my numbering is messed up. <laughs> we have, yeah, we must have. Did you count? Well, did you count the zero episode as one? Uh, let me take a look here. No, I did not. I marked it as zero. Okay, well, we'll find out. Well, it's got to be I'll, a bonus, bonus episode. Gonna, well, we, we don't number our bonus episodes, though, right? Anyway, anyhow. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway, we're getting. Or maybe the YouTube video yeah. I looked at was wrong. I mean, the answer is 42, though, so. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, interesting episode. I had two lines that I really loved in this episode that have stayed with me since the very first time that I saw it. I heard Everybody, you say that, and I, I'm curious. Oh, yeah. I know just do as you're told, drone. Uh, Sorry, so I was just going to say, I just figured it out. Yep. It was the podcast from the alternate reality we got. That's why oh, I remember it's Oh, yes. That's probably what it is. Yep. You're <laughs> probably sense. right. It makes sense. It was a yeah. time warp. <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm i'm see we can't answer the question because then it spo- sort of spoils the episode before we've even reviewed it no i mean like well well we'll know i guess when you'll, you'll let yeah. us know when we get to the line i'll let you know but yeah i, re- <laughs> I really like this episode yeah it was good i liked it a lot too yeah. um I, uh, I guess we'll get into it when we when we get into it but i like depth charge i'll just say that he's cool so, Kendall, what do we have on IMDb this week? Oh, IMDb. Yes, I have it pulled up. Um, it's loading. Yes, there it is. Okay. Good job, Kendall. I mean, I... Oh, crap. What's the matter? I, I pulled up the IMDb for all of Beast Wars again. 
I, it's I was, okay. We I have the technology. Say, I gotta say, I remember the toy coming out later in, in I think third, most of the third season was what I actually got to see on TV, mm. in 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 sequen- in se- sequential order, and I yeah. remember the Death Charge toy, and it had like a disc shooter in it. Yes, it that's did. That's cool. That's, yeah. that's what, the, what the mouth is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I, uh, I don't think I ever saw season three at all. I'm, I'm sorry to think. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Unusually, Waspinator does not get blown up in this episode. Nope. He's not in there for very long at all. No. <laughs> and then. So uh, if he doesn't want to get blown up, he wants to stay as far away from the episode as he can. True enough. De- depth charge star. Star Hopper, the ship he arrived on Earth in, resembles a manta ray, foreshadowing his beast mode of a manta ray. And then one other, uh, I'm gonna say this is a goof, it's probably not in the thing. But when he first transforms, oh, it is, it is, it is in the thing. As Depth Charge is exiting his ship after landing in the ocean floor, he says, Depth Charge, maximize! But yes, since he's yeah. moving away too. from his ship in beast mode. How would you not? If you're if you're a Beast Wars fan, how could you not notice that shit? Yeah. Why did he say Beast Mode? It's bullshit. <laughs> also, also throughout the fight between Rampage and Death Charge, Death Charge's hands constantly go from having three and four fingers. Huh. That I did not notice. Now I'm gonna have to keep an eye on that. So, um, I will I will say I will say um, you, since you brought up the the toy, um. I I think I remember seeing a commercial. This I must have I I also must have dropped off at this point. Um like gotten too old for cartoons or something because uh I remember seeing the or or at least too old for maybe I still watched the show but like I was too old for like actually to be playing with the toys. I was too busy building connects things or something. But uh like I remember seeing the toy of depth charge and thinking it looked really dumb. Really? Yeah, like it was just like over like I think I think what it was was like I just I I thought it was cool when you had a new Megatron or a new Optimus or new other characters these characters that I liked, but then you're going to introduce this other thing. And I don't think I I think I only saw I must have not seen these episodes with any sort of regularity. Um because I don't remember seeing the character in the show at all. I just remember the commercials with Depth Charge, this gigantic Stingray toy. And I was like, that's dumb. But I mean, I was probably, I was like, what, 11 by this point? When did this come out? 98? Yeah. Um, yeah, it came out in 98. So I would have been like almost 11. I was way too old for Beast Wars. I would have been 15 <laughs> at the time. I, was, I wasn't too old to Beast Wars when I was a teenager. So that's not the case over here. <laughs> <laughs> I love I've watched I love cartoons. Um, by the way, uh, the thing with the the fingers, it's actually an uh, interesting factoid is that that they had a stuntman for Depth Charge who was missing a finger, <laughs> so they had to, every now and then you whenever you see the finger um, missing, that's that's the Depth Charge's stuntman. I'm curious as to who would have played the stuntman then. Um, what what would the name of this digital stuntman be? Terry uh, Drive. Sure, let's go with that. I was going to say something, say something stupid like Steve Buscemi or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, hang on. Actually, I'm checking it, IMDb. Give me just a second. You can you can move on. Terry okay. drives a deep pool because uh, one of the uh, TF Universe versions of uh, of Death Charge is a redeco of it. There you go. So it's that totally oh, that yeah. guy. 
It's an actual joke that makes sense and not just a random acronym. (laughs) Yeah, I was hoping that we could have started something in this episode. Could have been like funky name person, digital stuntman, and we could have like referred back to it. Oh, "Oh, I wonder if he was working this episode. See, we could have had an ongoing thing. Kind of think here. Um, Oh, wow. It was um, it was Walter Jones. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, that's a that's such a weird coincidence. That's crazy. Yeah, it, he it says here in his bio after he quit Power Rangers, he was on Space Cases, but Nickelodeon was not able to pay him enough. Um, so so because um, I don't know if you knew that that show was very low budget. So he was he did occasional uh, voice stunt work. <laughs> I love that it. Works. He yeah. did, he actually he did the Boy, motion capture for that uh, for mm-hmm, that character for mm-hmm. for depth charge. Walt, Walter Jones, digital stuntman. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's totally. That's it. And they wanted to go for the authentic thing, so they didn't just dag- digitally add in another finger. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what do we have on the uh, the TF wiki there, Jordan? Uh, actually, it's compared to other times, it's a little sparse, but there is some here. There's uh. Uh, under continuity errors, it asks, "How is Rampage evading Megatron scanners?" Yeah, uh, yeah, various, yeah various episodes hinted that it might be related to Rampage hiding out underwater, but it's never made clear. Mm, that could and, be it. Uh, Makes sense. He's just like an underwater guy. It also expands upon what Kendall says: how he uh, Depth Charge has maximized to transport to Beast Mode uh, instead of saying Beast Mode. Uh, he does this many more times over the course of the season. It could be that Death Charge has his activation code keyed for activating his alt mode, now his beast mode, while most others prefer to use it for going to robot mode. Oh, well. It might just be a personal choice. Yeah. What does he say to go into robot mode then now? Robot mode! (laughs) Well, as we learned, technically the... (laughs) The code for the code phrase is kind of bullshit because they can train back and forth without it. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm that's guess, true. Yeah, I'm guess I'm guessing it's just it, it really just depends on what he feels like. Yeah. Uh continuity notes. The ground outside of the Ark's cave is rutted and charred. The result of the Maximals dragging in tons of salvage axelon bits behind the scene uh behind the scenes in the previous episode. Rhinox is still working on rebuilding the Maximal headquarters after the Axelon's destruction. Uh, when Death Charge first enters Earth's solar system, he is informed by his ship's Navi computer that the area was cleared off limits by order of the High Council. This particular bit of backstory never got ex- uh, explicitly mentioned on the, on the show, but was spelled out by the story editor's po- posts on the internet. Earth is off limits because of some undecided upon catastrophe, as well as to protect it from time-altering thieves such as Megatron. So. By this point, or by this point, for uh, I guess the Maximals and Predacons have kind of just tried to hide away where where Earth is hmm. for all the good it did. Yeah, yeah, that's why it was on the. That's the whole point of the Golden Disc. Yes, is to hide the to because it says where the Earth is. Yeah, yeah, yep. it makes sense. <clears throat> uh, notably, the episode refers to a High Council rather than the usual Council of Elders, and also refers to the Elders. This could just be an error, though it would. Though if we take it literally, then Cybertron ha- has more than one branch of government. The elders, however, are the ones who Rhinox says would send a rescue ship. So they they per- they'd be the primary consul, uh, or they just call the- them two different might- things. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I know. It could- 
It's kind of like the uh, Jedi Council and the High Council. Yeah. Death Charge and Optimus Primal are established to have known uh, known one another. With Death Charge mentioning Primal's original mission of carrying Protoform X off Cybertron and into exile, which actually makes him one of the few people who was in the know of the, of what of what their secondary mission of their ship was. Yep, would make sense because he's fucking obsessed with it. I, he probably didn't. Oh, yeah, he probably didn't. Uh, like he probably wasn't like in the loop. He probably in his crazy vendetta. Like, you know, talked to the right bartender and broke enough fingers that he <laughs> that he was able to find out. Some of his own, as portrayed by his digital stuntman. <laughs> <laughs> uh there's a couple of trivia here too. Uh the temporal anomaly that uh, transport death charge to prehistoric earth is never fully explained. Yeah. Causing transmetalize which would presumably make it related or at least similar to the quantum surge produced when the planet buster was destroyed. But the surge was long gone from Earth's space by, the, by that point. In physical form, the anomaly more closely resembles the warp portal used by the Vok and their constructs. So perhaps, so it could perhaps be related to the destruction of the Metal Hunter, which was the, the ship Megatron had control of for a, a brief bit. And given the time traveling properties, it could even be related to the time storm from Optimal Situation. The show provides no further explanation. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be. Yeah, I mean, it could be all those things, or all those things could be could have damaged the fabric of space and time to the <laughs> point where it where it just made made stuff like that more easily easily able to do. It's sort of like uh, when when Superman claws clawed his way back to back through back through the multiverse it or you know back to life from the death and through the edges of the multiverse it made it easier for jason todd to come back to life because he'd like messed with the rules of time and space yeah he he punched he punched like reality so hard that jason todd came back to life i thought that was superboy superboy's the one that punched reality i thought that i i thought that um it had to do with it's been a long time since I read Under the Hood. I'm but. pretty sure that um, Jason Todd came back because of Superboy punching reality. Okay, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it had to do with um, with Superman coming back from the dead. But no, uh, no. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll do some research. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, not um, like right now. I'm, like like I'm 99 sure positive. You're, that's, that's, you're probably was. right. You're probably right. Yeah. It, the point is, the point is there was one event, <laughs> there was one event and then something, it, it caused uh, things to mess up or like, uh, like in, in Marvel comics, uh, spider verse happened bef- uh, slightly before secret wars. And one of the reasons that spider verse, uh, all the, the Spider-Men from all the different multiverses ended up, interacting with each other is because the same incursions that led to the secret wars event were messing with the barriers between realities and, and, uh, and causing, you know, causing that more, more interdimensional travel. So, so like, yeah. So if you have, if you have a, a, you know, first, first they had trans warp. I mean, cause that's the other thing that wasn't mentioned. I mean, trans warp drive, uh, Optim- uh, the Axelon is like the only ship that's got a trans warp drive on it. So yeah, it's, so it's, at least very few ships have initially. It. Yep. So I mean, maybe maybe it's like Star Trek Next Generation, and there are consequences to traveling to using the trans warp drive to travel through time. So he just he just sort of went through their permanent trans warp portal. 
or like the sh- the movie, the hit Disney Channel original movie Minuteman, where time travel causes a black hole to happen. I never which understood you can, that. Which you can listen to about on D comedy. <laughs> I even I even watched uh, watched that movie before I listened to the to your episode, and I still don't understand what the heck that was. Time travel made made a black hole. It's not that hard to understand. Jordan G's. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you get the science, the hard science of that movie? Well, I guess I shouldn't question a, th- a portal that basically makes you sound like you're uh, sucking on a helium balloon before you travel back in time. No. should never question that. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> uh, it also mentions the how Death Charge is uh, beast mode and and such looks like his spaceship although it it points out his it looks more like his vehicle mode with the wings you know slanted like his fins when he when he turns into the jet um it also mentions how wasp wasn't uh scrapped in any way and then (laughs) mentions run for the bomb shelters it's the end of the world (laughs) did did uh does it mention that like because i thought this was weird um why does depth charge need a beast form like like uh uh ramp ramp rav what's his name ravage rampage rampage the the one that doesn't have a beast form panther (laughs) ravage yeah yeah like ravage didn't need a beast form and he's nobody he's not a proto form form. like transformers don't need vehicle forms they just like having right right but when the ship (laughs) crashes it says emergency transformation needed yeah because he needed that may have been because I was going to say that's probably because it may have been a protocol with the ship that if it crashes, that like he's not going to have access to the ship necessarily to be able to repair himself. So if he has the beat, if he has a robot mode, it gives him capability of being able to repair himself, perhaps. That's or right, because they, they, they do heal when <laughs> yeah, they're in beast mode. Yeah, that, yeah, man, that's dumb. But I mean, yeah, that's. <laughs> I guess that works. It just, man, I wish that they Trans- hadn't done Transformers got to transform. Vision got to swim. You know, it's just how I it wish. Is. I just wish that they didn't get rid of the Energon thing. Like the the idea that that they had they can only stay in robot mode for so long because of the Energon. Yeah, it was good. It, yeah. it was a good. <sighs> I mean, and because they, they could have told like ba- they could have done basically the same stories. Like they didn't have to. Um, you know, you could even say like, oh, the transmetal bodies are are less susceptible to it or something. But just it's just so weird, like now that that's not an issue when they made such a big deal about this is why we had to do specifically had to do animal forms, because like, why didn't he just turn into a transform into a vehicle? Are you just upset because you aren't going to be able to get the fish flopping around due to Energon stasis? Well, I hadn't even thought about that. I I, I think that Maximals and Predacons just like have to scan organic like Transformers scan other technology like the normal Mm -hmm. Cybertronians, the Autobots and and Decepticons and then Predacons and Maximals. They just were designed to imitate biological life or dragons. They they can also. um, uh, Well, that's you mean. Candle dragons are Autobots and auto. No, I mean, Autobots and Autobots (laughs) and Decepticons. They can also transform into dragons. That's true. That's that is oh, that is, is this canon. a reference to something you watched recently, perhaps? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I um have not seen that, and I don't know if I will be able to. So that's kind of <laughs> shitty, but we'll we'll see what happens. You might, might get have to a, do that bonus episode without me. I didn't I get a chance watch. to this weekend, but I'm still going to try and see it. <laughs> yes, for for listeners, you may see a bonus episode in the near future. 
I think Ken already mentioned that we were doing one on his little I did. five minute. Yes. Thing. Yeah. I committed. I to listened it. to that. I don't know if I don't know if you guys did, but I listened to Ken. Not, not yet. I'm still behind <laughs> on a lot of uh, things. Same here. I've been trying to catch up on the E3 stuff that was posted. <laughs> well, there was a lot. Spoiler alert! I liked it. I liked the movie. It was it did was you? the best since the first one. Maybe better than the first one. Ooh. I actually kind of agree with that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Jordan, I believe your review was you wouldn't recommend that anyone else see it, but you liked it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's just I cannot honestly tell people to go and see it. Like, I, I can't get the enthusiasm to say that this is a must see. But I at the same time, I'm not saying it's bad. Mm-hmm. So it's really okay. it's really up to you whether you if you want to see it or not. I mean, so yeah, for you, if you, it would have been like a three out of five. If maybe a four, I think I think I actually really did uh, like a lot of bit, lots of it. Okay. See, that's interesting because I I'm super positive for it, but I would give it a three out of five. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I think I think the I think um, some of the returning cast of characters is is what would push it up because uh, as 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 kind of like. You know, blah. I thought of uh, Age of Extinction. I did kind of like their char- the characters they had in it. Mm-hmm. So, and because I haven't the, seen Age uh, of Extinction, was Mark Wahlberg as good in Age of Extinction as he was in this? Ah, <sighs> mm-hmm. oh, it's hard to say. I I don't know the classic line. I think I found a transformer. <laughs> yeah, you know. uh, I mean, like. It is his the whole idea behind his character. I just find hilarious because the whole idea he's like this like this nerdy inventor dude, but he's yeah. like super fucking buff and like yeah. Yeah, okay there's, okay. There's, there's a plot point in Age of Extinction where it's like, um, Dad, you never eat anything. Oh, okay, how do you not eat things and get that buff? Like you need to eat to get buff. That's stupid. <laughs> Sorry, that's a, that's yeah. <laughs> he does. He does. It's a nitpick, but. I, I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's really even a bad thing. I just think it's mm-hmm. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he kind of does give like off this nutty professor vibe at, in the in Age of Extinction, and in this he's more uh, of just a badass. Yeah, like he's the he's the like he's the like uh, I mean it, it, he's the he's the cool fir- future version of himself. Like uh, like in um like in he in the first season of Heroes, he's the hero Nakamura that has a sword. Okay. <laughs> It speaks really good English, okay. but we don't need to go into that. Uh, what's, let's, yeah. uh, I think we're ready for the episode now, right? I think so. Oh yeah. wait, uh, I wanted to point out one. So more that was thing. our bonus episode for Transformers <laughs> last night. <laughs> uh, it also the trivia mentions that uh, Rampage senses uh, the approach of Death Charge before Death Charge has yes. even uh, crossed through the temporal anomaly. One yeah. of the many uh, unexpected mysteries about about the full extent of Protoform X's powers. He's a Jedi. I noticed that too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's a Jedi. We'll go with that. His spark is one with the Force, and the Force is with him. I honestly, I, I see him more as a Sith. Well, yeah, I mean, he's Darth Vader. Some kind of dark Jedi, because there's tons of, tons of different kinds of dark Jedi besides Sith. I was, I, I apologize. Oh. I was, I was, le- I was leaning towards he's Darth Vader and, and, uh, Death Charges Obi-Wan. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. At mm. least in that exact line, because he's basically oh, mirroring okay. the uh, presence I've not since, since. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> true, true. I think he referenced that line on the 
on the turtles episode that I was on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a, I can't help it. If other people reference the line all the time, (laughs) it's a good line. Anyways, I mean, Ninja Turtles is basically just star Wars. So (laughs) sure. Sure. And beast Wars is just like star Trek. So we've got, you know, two parallels here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I almost in this. So speaking of, uh, this uh, it starts and it's a space, the final frontier. Yes. Speaking of just one real, one real quick thing. Speaking of Star Trek and Star Wars, there was like um we did a we did a Jackbox stream where our, our listeners kind of like joined in on the other uh, thing. And one of the th- games we played was we had to guess what percentage of people like Star Trek more than Star Wars out of our listenership that were watching. And Star Trek, like it was like way up. Like it was, we, we were like, oh, probably like 50%. And it was like in the seventies or 80%. It's recorded so you can check, but it's like pretty hot, much higher than we thought it was going to be. In a, so I guess we have more Star Trek fans and Star Wars fans listening. <laughs> also, I was representing Quiplash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I was there too. Quiplash. Well, yes, we were, we all <laughs> did. But I, I went up one. I I had a super quiplash. Okay, good yeah. for I you. I was rather proud of myself <laughs> with with simply moon. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Anyway, getting to the episode, we we open on the the mountain that is housing the ark. Uh, the camera is panning down, and we get the the aforementioned uh, look at the the, ent- the the crudely made entrance that the Maxwells have made, along with like the you know you can see the scrape marks from where they've been dragging things into the base to you know bring equipment and salvage and whatnot. Um, we've got Rhinox who is very unsuccessfully trying to get the equipment to work. Like the screen is flashing and sparking at him and he's, you know, getting pissed off, pissed off. Cause he's like, ah, slag. And Optimus is asking him how long before, you know, it's working. He's like, with nothing to work with, but salvage parts. I'm not making any promises here. It's basically <laughs> but- like me before every episode when I'm trying <laughs> to get all the stuff plugged in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, Optimus and, and Rhinox have a bit of a back and forth about how uh, they need to defend the Ark until someone comes being sent by the Maximum Elders. And Rhinox has a bit of skepticism here uh, because he's of the mind that if somebody was going to come, then they would have come already. Um, then Optimus is like, well, he's not sure because so many things have changed. And he makes mention that none of them are, are the same when this war first started. I Which, like that you know, line. It's true. I like that, that line. Yeah. Except for Rhinox, because he's the same. Yeah. He's the one who's still in his normal mode. But is he the same? Well, no. Well, Rhino form is new compared, you know. That was there when the war started. I meant, like, underneath. He's lost friends. Know, he's, he's. Yeah. He's lost. Uh, the He's, he's lost hope. He's yep. jaded. <laughs> he's, he's a little green. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that scar across his face. He grew yeah. his hair out. Yeah. Okay. His mohawk. He has a little. He has a little like chrome mohawk thing going yeah. on. Fire call. I'm seeing so, his face two seconds ago. <laughs> it's not on the screen right now, so maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> when he started this war, when he started this, he hated guns so much that he had to borrow Cheetor's gun in the first battle. <laughs> <laughs> Now and now he has them. the biggest guns of anyone. 
Yeah. He's got two of them. He dual wields them. Gatling guns. It's badass. Oh, he. Oh, those were the days when it was just when he was just the beast of burden. <laughs> <laughs> now he carries far too much burden. True enough. Anyway, it's like <laughs> and Optimus has gotten three new bodies. Who cares? Yeah. Um, so so from here, we cut exactly the same person. <laughs> we we cut to a uh, a ship that is traveling through space, and we sort of get some glimpses of a Cybertronian form working at a small computer screen. Uh, there's a computerized voice that makes mention that the uh, the sector has been declared forbidden by the order of the High Council. To which the person in the ship says, "Slag the High Council," and then he orders the ship to give him a quantum scan, and get it tells him about a certain program directive, and he's like, "Just do it," and it does. It. So, so he's putting the uppity computer in its place. Um, the computer manages to detect uh, the energy signature of Protoform X. So, the thing I'm kind of curious about here: so do like, is there some sort of a trail that each transformer is capable of leaving? I think or it's just I... Protoform X is like specific spark energy. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it has something to do with Pro- Protoform X specifically. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose that could work. Plus, he, I, he probably at least knows the general uh, path that prime ship took chasing megatron well, i uh, suppose there's that too yeah yes yeah, so, since he got like i mean since he got that information mm-hmm. that makes sense but yes yeah, so he starts yeah. following the trail he receives a warning and there's this anomaly that appears in space in front of the ship uh computer tells him to turn back he uh he's like what the pit oh what in the pit's going on and I think he just says what the pit's going on. I think yeah. I like that a lot. It's it's the best use of the pit thing yeah. so far. <laughs> yeah, he seems of all the the transformers that we've seen, he seems to be the one that's used the most uh curse words, like transformers curse words so far. Yeah, but I mean like cuz every time every time every other time someone's tried to use like the pit, it just sounded mm-hmm. really awkward. Yeah. Weird. That's interesting because so like, I felt like this sounded way more awkward. But well, I mean, because it's he's just doing like one syllable and it comes back like it, it goes by really fast, so it doesn't feel like they're like you know it doesn't have the same gravitas as the inferno. So trying to go over it quickly, I feel, is better than trying to like you know stay on it. But that's, but, know, that's how but I feel. The prob- the, I think the problem is is that he's not using it as a noun. Like he's using it like like you would use a curse word, and it doesn't. It doesn't like have the same uh, impact. Well, what the as, hell's as a... going on? And he says, what right, the right. Going yes. On? But like... what the hell has impact? What the pit does not have impact. Well, it doesn't from our necessarily from our standpoint, because yes. And we are the viewers. The... We are the audience that this is aimed at. And that is why I didn't think it worked as well. <laughs> well, for, for kids, they might have been a bit more receptive. Like, oh, he said pit. Maybe that means hell. Or Transformers Hill. I, I just, I, I just, there are much. words like, yeah. I mean, like slag sounds like a curse word. Yeah. Um, you know, if he, I mean, I'm not sure if there is an an equivalent, but like, or like, you know, Battlestar Galactica did it obnoxiously, and they said, 
you know, what, you know, what the slag is going on or, or what the, what the, what the frack, they said frack. That was it, yeah, frack. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, or like, or as opposed, which, which frack, even though they overuse it, especially later on in the series, uh, once they like, once it's like, it doesn't have any subtlety, it just means fuck. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, as opposed to like like uh, Spider Man twenty ninety nine, he says shock instead of yes. is that, he's like what the shock that's shocking blah, blah, blah. and and I've never I always thought that didn't work so I just I don't know what it is but there's a a certain nuance to fake curse words yeah and I don't I like, think uh, that Fireflies Goram yeah yeah that's a good one I, it may be and it may be because Frack and Goram kind of sound they have the same uh. Uh, pet, uh, what, dot, uh, ted, thing. They have the same kind of sound. I don't know. I forget though. There's a word for it, but I can't remember. But there's like a same, well, it's the same rhythm and the same kind of, like, they almost rhyme with, with curse words. Um, uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out here since we're off track already. Uh, later on, um, Cheetor calls, uh, Depth Charge's ship a Star Hopper. Which I was like, that sounds like something. From, <laughs> it sounds like a T sixteen Skyhopper, but whatever. It's something from Star Wars, and so I searched Wikipedia, and the HH eighty seven Starhopper is definitely a ship. And I, if you guys will look in your Facebook in the Facebook Messenger chat, I, I saw the link already. Yeah, it definitely weird. looks like it definitely looks very similar to the ship. When did the Starhopper like get first? Um, first appearance in was in the Clone Wars TV series. So it was before it, this. It was after. I don't think it was before. It was well it was after, after this. Yeah. So 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 Star Wars stole from Beast Wars. You're saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's or or it's an homage. I mean, or a parody. A I mean, Beast Wars. Beast Wars stole from. I mean, it's obviously that it's trying to sound like a Skyhopper. Um, <laughs> which Skyhoppers was a thing. The T sixteen Skyhopper is. That that a skyhopper is just a skywalker with a little more spring in his step. <laughs> He's got it's some what, serious. Ups. No, the, of course the T sixteen skyhopper is the thing that uh, L- that Luke Skywalker used to uh, murder small animals with um, in, uh, in Beggars Canyon. Gotcha, gotcha. Because he's a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. He used to bullseye womp rats. Like he used to I mean, use he used womp rats for target practice. If we're talking about like he's a farm boy and I've I've heard many times of people going like farm boys going like, oh, we're going to go shoot some prairie dogs. Like, I mean, oh, I don't yeah. I think it's kind of fucked up, but they do. They don't even need to be farm boys. They just need to be hicks. Yeah. 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 And and that's not a positive quality. It's not positive. But I don't think it makes him so. Doesn't make him a sociopath. No, just I a mean, little less empathetic than other people. The fact, I mean, that is that is a thing that sociopaths do is that they torture and murder small animals. It's in true, their but they usually torture them. They don't just like shoot them from afar. I guess. He, well, he's bullseyeing them. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. He doesn't show anyway, any remorse though. We're getting I used way to off. rip the legs off womp rats back on. <laughs> He doesn't say that, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe if they were trying to rip the legs off of the star to, off of the Death Star instead of blow it up and use a thermal <laughs> exhaust port, then maybe Biggs wouldn't be dead. I wish Death Star had legs. <laughs> well, there was that Death Star Transformer that turned into Darth Vader it's that true. had legs. My uh-huh. son has a. That's awesome. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so 
the this character's ship gets pulled into this time anomaly and uh as he's pulled in we see his body starting to glow very similarly to uh the glow that Cheetor and Rat Trap as well as many of the Predacons experienced back when the planet buster exploded and oh geez yeah I do see the fingers here yeah <laughs> yeah he's got four yeah thumb and three fingers well, that's weird hmm. it changes throughout the episode ah weird okay sorry I was talking I have the episode going I saw that I was like what that's okay. fine yeah, yeah yeah totally but yes um so we see him sort of enveloped with the same sort of energy that uh, was hitting the other ones to turn them into transmetals. From here, we cut back to the, the entrance to uh, the Maximal base. We've got Silverbolt and Black Arachnia manning these turrets on either side of the entrance now. And we've got Inferno, who is inspecting the entrance right now apparently he's forming some sort of plan of attack because he is now a sub commander according to megatron yeah i saw that, that yes. he's he's the assistant regional manager <laughs> <laughs> and he takes his job seriously oh yes yes he um he he sort of explains that he's going to try and cause a distraction to bring optimus out and then rampage is supposed to attack him now, mm-hmm. as uh, as he says this, Rampage doesn't seem overly impressed. Um, he's like, hmm, hardly a difficult concept, is it? And Inferno immediately <laughs> says, just follow my orders, drone. Yeah. Uh, and then he kind of he kind of goofily, like, flies away. And they definitely made Inferno, like, kind of a joke this episode, which I didn't really yeah. like that much because he's usually I, pretty badass. I do want to point out that Greg does say... Just follow my orders drone to us like about four or five times every time we record. It's true. It's true. He edits it out, but like he yells it at us whenever we step out of line. Just like how I'm going to edit this entire conversation out. Oh, Oh, no. Damn. I thought we could finally let the truth out. I'll I'll put it on. I'll drop it on the Candlecast feed. It's okay. Oh, shit. (laughs) So, um, as was alluded to earlier, um, after Inferno starts flying away, Rampage senses through the force that someone is approaching. <laughs> <laughs> and we then cut to space and we've got the the ship that the the stranger was in. It's sort of careening through space now. It's got sparks emitting from it. And we hear the the person inside sort of scream a little bit. As the ship starts entering into the at- well, we don't see it actually entering the atmosphere, but it's heading towards Earth. We then cut to to Cheetor, who's flying around, and he hears something and starts looking around. Are he you ra- cut off, Greg, or did you just stop talking? No, I'm here. Everybody, hear I me? Not, you? Yeah, I'm, I can I'm hear you fine, Emily. Oh, I, okay. I wasn't okay, paying attention to what he said, but I know that oh. I know that I could. <laughs> I, I know didn't that I hear, hear any of that last like. Like five seconds, but that's oh, just me, I guess. Sound fine to me. Huh. Okay, well that's good. As long as you guys have good sounds, it's fine. I'm not recording it, so. <laughs> um, just wanted to make sure. All right. Um, Cheetor radios into to Optimus to let him know that 
something is going through the atmosphere headed towards the planet. And so Optimus and Rhinox sort of are wondering if maybe this is the thing that they were talking about earlier. Maybe the maybe the council is finally sent a ship. Uh, Optimus radios him back saying that he's on his way. And he goes ahead and transforms into his jet mode and starts flying through the base towards the, the entrance. <laughs> we get um, back outside and we've got Inferno who is telling Rampage to get ready to fire. And of course, Rampage isn't anywhere around now. It just shows the spot <laughs> where he was. And so <laughs> Inferno is like, is like, Rawr! and starts running <laughs> towards the entrance, going almost very spastic. <laughs> He's still and following his plan. Oh, yeah. He... He gets, and we get Silverbolt and Black Arachnia who just look at each other. Black Arachnia just sort of shrugs. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do I like, like seeing don't... Black Arachnia with yeah. the Maximals. It's nice. I'm curious to see how that how that unfolds from here on. But I, I like this little moment between her and Silverbolt. I'm not a big fan of, of Inferno being a joke, but it is it is kind of kind of cute, but. Yeah. Oh, you mean you're talking about when the rock fell on him? I stopped paying attention. That's really funny because that is the exact moment in the show I watched the first time where I stopped paying attention, so I missed the joke. I just barely caught it the second time, and then I. It's weird. There's like certain spots in these episodes that I zone out when I'm watching it, and then I zone out when Greg's describing it. <laughs> it's, it's it's just such a weird. It's like a well, the it's rock, like a rhythm I, of the I, I, show. I didn't think the rock thing was like that funny. Cause I don't know. I just think maximum, I think Inferno's like been a super badass, like so for so long. And now he's just like kind of falling the lost minute. And I thought that was kind of weird, but it's not like the worst thing ever. It's just, yeah. you know, like, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't land for me. I'm like the rock on Inferno. I'm so, did I'm just not? so desperate for any bit of comedy in this show at this point that they can do whatever. <laughs> like they can have, they can, if, if they, if they did the, the, the stupid, we're going to punch each other truce. Um, I probably after some of the episodes I've seen lately, I that would be a welcome distraction. Um, there's a there's a funny part later that I like, so we'll get to that later. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, as Emily was alluding to, Black Iraq, like Inferno's just sort of standing there, like waving his arms around with his gun. Optimus like flies oh, yeah. through the door, and Inferno's like sort of momentarily paused, and he watches him fly away. Not expecting turns, to come out that fast. Yeah. And then he turns back to them. He's like, ah, burn, Maximus. And then Black Arachne just hits like a switch and we get this boulder that drops down onto him. I almost would have found it funnier if they had just shot the guns at him. But I suppose yeah. Yeah, they're trying to, to conserve ammo or something. Yeah, I guess that's what they were trying to do. But yeah, it would have been funny if he had said that and then both guns just sort of it would have almost been as funny as remember that time in season one where we get tarantulas and, oh, and yeah. knock on top of the ship. That was really good. Yeah, it would have been funny if we got something similar to that, I think. Totally, totally. But, so, yeah, it, so, yeah, Infer- Inferno squished uh, like the bug that he is. We um, we then cut back to the the ship as it's going through the atmosphere it's it's heading it's like in a nosedive towards the ocean uh cheetor makes mention of the the type of ship that it is 
He's like, oh, a star hopper. And then the ship crashes into the water. He's like, no. Um, so he starts flying towards the ship. And he has to hurry or he'll drown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeto um, doesn't know he's going to be a fish guy. <laughs> um, we, we then cut to, to Rampage, who's appeared on the scene. He's still in his tank mode. And he's like, oh, this game's not for you, kitty. And then he immediately proceeds to shoot him with a missile. <laughs> and he uh, gets knocked into the water as Cheetor was trying to radio Optimus. So so Rampage alludes to now it's you and I, old friend. So a bit of foreshadowing here. Okay, they're friends. They're just going to be buddies. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of time. Yeah. So we, we cut to underwater and we've got the ship as it starts doing an emergency transformation scan, similar to what we would have gotten from one of the, um, the, the stasis pods really. Uh, so it's scanning for life forms. We see a school of fish. Uh, then as it deactivates, we then see a manta ray sort of swim by. Yeah. Yeah. The, the canopy of the ship pops open and we see depth charge sort of, fully for the first time and he's taken on this manta ray look and he also says depth charge maximize and turns into his beast mode for some reason like we thought maybe it's personal preference i guess i, I think it'd be kind of funny if like he just like transforms he's like a goldfish <laughs> <laughs> he's like a flounder ray. yeah it's just like some completely useless animal that like yeah. wouldn't help at all <laughs> so he he starts swimming away this probably would have been the point where we would have had like a little commercial break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we've got Cheetor who's sort of floating or slowly sinking in the water. And then we've got uh, Depth Charge who, who's swimming around. Which, he, by the way, I want to say the water effects in this episode are pretty good for like yeah, I the, thought it the was time. Good. Yeah. Like, like I, like, I mean, I remember the first season of the water and like this looks a lot better. Yeah, I agree. Um, Depth Charge has sort of like a, is like a fish, fish attachment on his underbelly. It almost looks like a mini shark, I guess. Yeah, and I think it becomes his gun later. Which yes. is kind of cool. Um, but it, it's apparently some sort of a... He's a basically a man sensor. team. Yeah. It's like a, a remote scanner, I guess he's, he calls it, I think. Um, it detects Cheetor... And apparently he's able to see what this sensor sees or the scanner sees. He's like some kind of cat bot. And he's like, and I bet he's not enjoying the water. So, so you know what that means? Yeah. He's uh, doubly uh, weak to lightning because he's water flying. <laughs> <laughs> um, depth charge is, um, is a smart, is a smart guy, right? Like he was, he, he was a new thing. Like, uh, so what that really means is that uh, catbot is a technical term. So when uh, when um, Waspinator calls him catbot and and uh, and all that, you, you know, and, and why does uh, that make it a technical term? Because because uh, he's smart. He uses technical terms. <laughs> so okay. Waspinator must be smart too. I'm sorry. <laughs> the joke sounded better in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Kendall. I'll get stinkers. Drake got his dad jokes. I I like my dad jokes. Yeah, I do too. But it's they're just, you know, they're dad jokes. <laughs> um, so Depth Charge winds up sort of 
rescuing Cheetor. He somehow manages to get Cheetor to land on his on his back, and he starts swimming up to the surface. We then cut to the dark side, and we've got Megatron who who's trying to detect Inferno and Rampage. It's a, it identifies that Inferno is offline, but it can't detect Rampage. So uh, Megatron sends Waspinator to go gather up the Inferno bits. And, you know, Waspinator is sort of like, oh, when I get destroyed, nobody comes to get me. And you know, <laughs> like, my universe hate Waspinator. Um, we, once uh, Waspinator's I, gone. Seriously, that's oops. the best line in the episode, though. Yeah. Also the most relatable oh, episode. universe hate Waspinator? Yeah. Yes, that is yeah. the most relatable line in the entire episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's almost get- like the Charlie Brown song. Why is everybody always picking on me? <laughs> so uh, Megatron orders Quick Strike to go looking for Rampage because for some reason he's able to elude his scanners, which we never hear anything more of for the entirety of this episode. Um, though he's not able to elude Depth Charge's scanners because we cut back to Depth Charge, who has rescued Cheetor at this point, and they're on some sort of little rock right in the middle of the water it's <laughs> so, a small island yeah a very small island um cheater's like who are you he's like name's depth charge and then uh he gets another notification from his scanner saying that protoform x is around um he's like oh sorry gotta run uh he's like i got a date with uh or protoform x is waiting and i don't want to disappoint him to which Cheetor's like, Protoform X, hey, wait, hold on. And so Depth Charge uh, transforms into his jet mode. So as it turns out, this is another triple-changing transmetal that we've got uh-huh. in the cast now. Uh, and we get this cool little moment where he sort of does like this little spiral or corkscrew up into the air. And then his wings sort of flatten out to make him look like a manta ray. And then he falls back into the water. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I like this moment here where it's like, because Depth Charge is later shown to be this like single minded, um, like, I'm going to kill Protoform X and that's all I care about thing. But he took the time to save Cheetor. Yes. And I like that. That was nice of him. And I also like, I said, uh, the one funny moment that I do like is how Cheetor is stuck on this rock and he's just like, yes. I hate water. (laughs) (laughs) He's just just stuck there and he can't do anything and it's cute. I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. Apparently, the the water has shorted out his calm link and also ruined his jets. So so does that mean that that the transmetals aren't waterproof? uh, I suppose it's for, for a cat form, not. They're yeah. waterproof in the fact that they don't die from being in the water, but maybe yeah. some of them are stuck. I mean, I mean but you would think that would be a pretty, like, his calm goes down because he gets wet? Yeah. Well, he did get hit by a missile. That's, That's true. true no, it could just be the missile. All of that could have been the missile. And the reason he says, I hate water, is because he's stuck and without, he has to swim if he wants to get off this rock, but he doesn't want to do that because he hates water. <laughs> so maybe the water didn't do anything. It was just a missile. Uh, I no, I choose to believe that he's uh, n- not waterproof. Even if it's okay. just Cheetor that's not waterproof, be that would almost be better. <laughs> he's just weak to water because he's a cat. Yeah. It'd be interesting, I think. Uh, I I'm looking at my Pokemon type chart. I don't think cat type is weak to water. <laughs> that's a lot of types. So, 
Oh, that was it was I I I know that was the before when um when instead of flying it was bird type. They also had that cat never type. Happened. And... That never happened. <laughs> bird type? Bird type was yeah, gonna no. be a type. That's why missing those type is bird. Maybe it was gonna be a type before the game was released, but yeah, that's what I'm released. saying. It was a okay. It was a that's that's why missing number exists. Saying it, was, because... it was it was like a, it was like a beta type and yeah yeah that's why yeah yeah and they changed it from bird type, to, so they changed it from cat to normal. I don't know. Normal's everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, normal. Like, is if it doesn't have, if it doesn't have elemental properties or as a or as a kickboxer, it's a normal type. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, kickboxers fight. So I'm saying, yes, if, if it, if it, if it, I'm, I'm saying, if it's a normal ass oh, animal that or, isn't also a martial artist, it's a normal okay. type. That's what <laughs> okay. I'm trying to say. Anyway, <laughs> so, so yes, we we get Cheetor saying that he hates the water. He can't get off the island, and he can't call for help. We we then cut back to uh, the scanner in the water, and it reconnects with depth charge and reports that Protoform X is at vector zero zero zero, which apparently is directly below him he's like there's nothing there but rocks <laughs> this has to be the worst hiding job it's not very yeah. good Did Jeff a a freaking idiot right now like there's like <laughs> okay there's so like maybe depth charge rocks. is dumb maybe he is as smart as waspinator yeah or maybe he's so <laughs> narrow-sided he just doesn't look down he's like or maybe he's like there's purple rocks on earth right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah <laughs> Actually, he doesn't know. Is, he's looking for a proto form. Apparently, yeah, I was say, that's that, true too. That, that is a point. This is a new planet he's probably never been on, and he doesn't know that proto form has gotten a new form. I mean, yeah. the the information about this planet is literally forbidden knowledge. True, true. <laughs> yeah. Just to go back yes. to to a tangent we were on a second ago, Jordan, did you see my Snorlax that I've got? That's a normal type Pokemon. That's why I thought of it. <laughs> oh, I didn't see the Snorlax you got. So I know you. I know you love Snorlax. Oh, I got this like giant Snorlax plushie. Send you a Aww. picture. Continue with the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, so Rampage manages to to jump out from under these five rocks he managed to pile on top of himself, and latches on to to Death Charge, and he's like, "Ah, greetings, old playmate. So glad you could come." And Death Charge is like immediately like X and. He's like, well, I'm called Rampage now. A bit obvious, but to the point, don't you think? <laughs> and he starts squeezing Depth Charge with his claws. And, of course, we see Depth Charge in quite a bit of pain from it. Um, Rampage is like, your pain is lovely, but where is your terror? You would make this so much more amusing. Just like our little party on Omicron. And this is the first mention that we get of Omicron in this series. Now, I'm not... I'm. I want to say that there might have been some Omicron mention in G1, but I can't remember for sure. So, but as it's um, needless to say, it sort of pisses off Depth Charge, who... Um, that is a large like, Snorlax, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his, his head's bigger than mine. <laughs> that is huge. Oh, my God. Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> so... Um, Depth Charge says you want a musing creep, and then he proceeds to blast him with the jets that he's got on the underside of his body. Um, they sort of start lifting off, like sort of surfacing from the bottom of the, the water. <laughs> we then cut to, to Cheetor, who's like, Ah, oh, come on, Optimus, what's taking you so long? 
<laughs> we then hear some yells and we see Death Charge and Rampage launch out of the water. Cheater's like, well, now I've seen everything. Um, we get a bit of a back and forth between, well, mainly Rampage, because he tr- manages to, to transform on top of Death Charge uh, and then starts peeling away at his arm. <laughs> And yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. flesh off. <laughs> yeah, and so he shoots him in the in the head as Death Charge is sort of flying in his jet mode. Uh, Death Charge then crashes into the side of this not quite a mountain, it's like a hill, which knocks Rampage off. Like Imagine a if Cheetor saw this, yeah. like it came out of the water, and Cheetor is like, "What's taking Optimus so long?" Hey, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Rampage is then impaled on a rocky spike. Again, holy ground. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty and, good. And yeah. yeah. And it's not like he chugs it off too. He actually does scream in pain. Like it, yeah. it's it's not like, oh oh no, my immortal body has just been pierced by something. Yeah. He's, got, yeah, he's, he's probably that fucking special fatality. <laughs> at, at this point at this point he should probably be grateful that Megatron took his spark away because that would have pierced it. Well, I don't yeah. know it mattered. I but. think he still has it in his. Like, I think that's one of the special f- properties that basically when Megatron s- split it in half, it did like a whole the, the whole mitosis thing. Yep. So there's still yeah. one in him and the one outside and they're still oh. connected. I thought he cut the whole I thing think. out. No, no, he cut he, in he half. literally cut in half. OK, I yeah. you guys pay attention. Yeah. I only watched the show. <laughs> I only watched the episode twice. So also sparks tend to be like where like your diaphragm is not so much like where the heart is. It's like in the yeah. middle of the chest. I just figured yeah. he probably had the biggest heart of them all. <laughs> yeah, he's loving dude. <laughs> his his heart, his he spark is indestructible. His heart is indestructible. <laughs> um, we, we cut back to the Cheetor and Optus finally arrives on the scene. Uh, Osmos asks him what's going on. Cheetor explains that, you know, he got blindsided by Rampage, but then he got rescued uh, by a guy named Death Charge. And Osmos is like, Death Charge? And, uh... <laughs> you got out. You got... Uh, yeah. You got saved by an anti-submarine weapon? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up, Cheetor. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we cut back to, to Rampage now, who... So somehow he managed to to break the the rocky spike that which is still piercing through his chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he literally pulls it through his body. Yeah, it's now, like it's like the time that I was uh, in sewing class and I accidentally got a sewing a sewing needle through my um, from a sewing machine through my thumb. And when I pulled away, I broke the, the needle in half off the machine, and it was still uh, in my thumb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, it's like that, see, but a rock. Now <laughs> most people would try and push the the big spike. So that it doesn't, you know, that the wide end doesn't go through the body. But no, he he no, just depth charge is a masochist. I mean, so not a depth charge. Sorry, rampage is a little bit of a masochist as well as a sadist. I think. Yeah, <laughs> he, he like yanks it through so that the wide end goes all the way through. Uh, not to say that he doesn't feel pain because he's like ah. Exactly, he just likes it. Yeah. <laughs> But then his body immediately starts to to regenerate and he starts laughing and starts heading toward Death Charge. And he's still holding this rocky spike in his hand, sort of holding it like he's getting ready to, to stab a fish, so to speak. So he's going to um, fillet him, actually. Yes. 
Um, <laughs> so, and he sort of makes mention, oh, yes, this is where I have, this is where one of the lines that I remember, that I remember from this show. Okay. Because Rampage says, ignore the pain. It's only going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sort of, that sort of sat with me when I was at that age. Um, so, that was like a badass line. You're just like, it is fuck. a badass line. And, and mm-hmm. from the standpoint of when I do like my classes and stuff now, I always remember that line because I'm normally going to be sore and stiff after class. Mm-hmm. And that's that line will always run through my head. It's like, ignore the pain because it's only going to get worse. Um, but oh, I, sort cool. of, I, I sort of think of a I, I sort of change it up a little bit in that it's like, ignore the pain because if you weren't doing this, it would get worse because my health would be worse and I'd be feeling worse. So, oh, so yeah. that's badass. Yeah. So it, I thought that pretty badass to you, Greg. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was one of the two lines from this episode that really resonated with me. Um, so we, we've got rampage sort of stalking, like slowly approaching depth charge at this point, depth charge, uh, his computer tells, him that it needs to activate his defenses otherwise you know he's going to be fish fillets and as rampage goes to to stab him uh death charges eye opens up he activates his jet and he flips and transforms and then we get his disc shooters yeah and he launches a couple of discs which knocks rampage back yeah uh, those are cool. chest missiles go yeah um another thing that rampage had alluded to uh as he was approaching was that uh, Depth Charge was the one who had caged him last time. So apparently Depth Charge is the one who who managed to capture him. Yeah, we'd only mention that later, but here yeah. it's like, that's why, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of alluded to and the, what happens is when Depth Charge hits Rampage, he's like, this time I won't bother with a cage, creep. <laughs> um, there's a bit of banter back and forth. They sort of make mention about how they both have new tricks. Uh, Depth Charge manages to shoot both of Rampage's guns out of his hands, so he's just like, screw you, I'm a tank. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm a tank. <laughs> this transforms and just starts shooting missiles at him. Uh, which, as it turns out, Depth Charge's uh, fins can act as a sort of a shield, I guess. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, though the missiles do still do some damage, because we see some of them sort of go around the shield uh but what we get a pretty badass scene here because rampage is getting ready to shoot another missile and and death charge looks like he's pretty hurt but he manages to he's got a tail that he can use as a lance yeah or a sword or sword or spear sort of thing yeah and he kind of javelins like i mean yeah he throws it like a javelin this time yeah because what he does is he he sort of twirls and he's like this is for colony omicron and this is just as one of the missiles is in the tube for rampage to shoot he throws his tail it gets jabbed in there and then rampage explodes and sort of falls back and uh so it looks like death charge is gonna you know try and finish it to which we then have quick strike come in and makes the save on the crab uh, he's like that crab may be ugly but he's a predacon 
Well, I mean, like, I like how Depth Charge is, like, let's finish it X, even though, like, he's not going to be able to kill him, like, at this point. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's great to, like, you know, try your best, buddy, but yeah, I don't think I really have a plan yet. <laughs> no. Um, but Quick Strike isn't there for long. Like, he manages to incapacitate Depth Charge, and then he's immediately hit with a couple of missiles from optimus this happened twice in this episode where missiles from off screen slowly get to the character and then hit yeah. them <laughs> sort of slide them a bit um so they both land and see depth charge who's sort of like in stasis i guess you could say at this point uh optimus or cheater is like well what are we going to do about rampage and then they notice that rampage is nowhere to be found now and Officer's like, well, looks like Rampage has had enough for today. So from here, we then cut to the Maxwell base. And they've managed to recover their CR chamber. And they've got Depth Charge in it. And so the Maxwells are sort of talking amongst themselves, asking, you know, what's the deal with him? Um, well, you know that Silverbolt so- is the one that, re- that recovered that uh, CR chamber ASAP so he could fix up uh, Black Arachnia. Oh, yes, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we get a bit of backstory on, on Depth Charge here. He he was in charge of security for Colony Omicron. Uh, oh, by the way, Greg, I tried to take a quick look on the TF Wiki, and okay. it didn't have any other mentions outside of Beast Wars for Colony Omicron. Okay. For some reason, I thought I had heard something well, from G1 about it, but I there couldn't. Might be, there might be like like something like since Omicron's like a typical like Greek letter and and yeah. and stuff like that, it might have it might have been used on something for for a G one character or something like that. But that's certainly possible for the colonies specifically. That it's only been mentioned in Beast Wars. Yeah, um, but apparently um, Protoform X had escaped to this colony, and then or, I think no, it, what they said was like they were keeping it on the colony. At first, and then he, when he then he escaped and broke free and kind of ravaged his way out. Yeah, and then rampaged his way out. If and then will. what happened <laughs> is they put the collective consciousness of the entire colony into depth charge, and then he oh, served on the joke now. USS Enterprise. You okay? Yes. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Sounds so defeated. <laughs> well, I made a bad joke before, and then Greg cuts me off in the middle of the joke. It's just—it's not my day. It's not my day. It's okay, it's okay buddy. Don't I appreciate the joke because Data was one of my favorite characters. I guess I, you're I'm, right, though. I'm sorry, the joke deserved was, to be cut off. Like, oh, no, no, no. That—that that was the correct amount of information. You cut it off at the right time. <laughs> uh, so. We, we learn that Depth Charge is the only one who survived X's attack on this colony. Uh, from then on, he went on to, to hunt Rampage, and it took four stellar cycles for him to bring him back to Cybertron. So essentially, if we're assuming that stellar cycles are years, so it literally took him four years to hunt him down and capture him and then bring him back. Uh, he asked the Council to find a way to destroy his spark, and instead, the council decided to turn him over to the crew of the Axelon instead. And yeah, apparently basically, basically to dump him on a on a barren rock plan instead yeah. of trying to destroy him plan. I thought yeah. they were going to throw him into the sun. Probably um, wouldn't have been a bad think idea. So. I thought they were going to exile him. Okay, I may have made that up. That's fine. I, well, to be honest, it probably would have 
worked. Yeah, totally. It has to be it has to be a, a certain amount of damage where you just you just seriously can't heal from that. Yeah. You, know, I guess you if, might have been like sorry. If the, um, I guess if the maximals don't believe in the death penalty. Yeah, I suppose so. Could mm. be it. But um they wanted to drop him off on SETI Alpha Five. <laughs> Which used to be SETI Alpha Six. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dip I could make starts. those references. <laughs> <laughs> he starts to wake up, and and Rhinox is like, "Yo, we can ask him well, how yep. he got here." Yep. And so they shut off the CR chamber. He comes out and immediately like is like, "What the pit are you?" And he's looking right at Optimus when he says it. <laughs> See, I like that. I like that use of it myself. Yeah. But fair enough. Um, and he Optimus is like, "Well, I guess I've changed quite a bit since we last met." And he's like, twice. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, primal. And then he gets a notification from his computer saying the protoform X is still functional. He starts to, you know, slowly make his way to try and make an exit. Cheetor, like, is nice and, and you know, thanks him <laughs> for, for pulling him out of the water. To which Jeff Charge then smacks him away and is like, go chase some mouse. So yeah, he he, he 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 like stopped to rescue him, but he's still like pretty much down to business. But yeah, it's, yeah. It, it shows like a hint of his heroic. Yeah, nature. it's the yeah. yeah, it's the heroic asshole. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> you think he and Rattrap would get along swimmingly? <laughs> or he and, well, well they wouldn't Rat get along, but they would be there when it counts. Yeah, totally. But yeah, so depth charge. Um, and he, he, says to Chidor, he, goes, he goes, go chase some mouse. And then Cheetor immediately yeah. turns around and starts running after Rat Trap. <laughs> <laughs> um, Primal, like, gets his attention. What I was going to say is that rats can't swim, but and like how cats can't dance. But I don't think anyone's seen that movie. I've seen cats can't dance. Rats can it's swim because they come up the drain pipes. Cat, cat, cats don't dance is a is a funny animal movie from the nineties. Of course, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember hearing this This American Life story about people you going to the toilet and there's a rat in there. <laughs> oh Jesus, that'd be scary. I, I'm not. I don't hate rats, but that's not where I'd want to see a rat. <laughs> yeah, nope. yeah. Um, we managed to get a bit of banter between Depth Charge and Optimus. Uh, Optimus is trying to explain that they're in a war for the very future and Depth Charge is like oh well you're busy well that's good so X is my problem again then I like that and I'm like fair enough whatever I mean you guys are doing okay in the war right now (laughs) let him do his thing yeah (laughs) Um, so Optimus tries to you know tell him to wait and he interrupts he's like back off Primal you blew it just as I told the High Council you would is like, oh shit. You know, bit of a burn. Bit of a burn on the big monkey. Uh, he starts walking away. Ops is like, he's as stubborn as ever. Um, Rat, Rat Traps is like, eh, let him go. Prez will either change his mind or turn him into fish sticks. <laughs> and Ops is like, yeah, well, I don't like him much either, but he's still maximal. Um, we then get Depth Charge finding the arc. And yeah, and he has it, a little bit of a pause here. This is a pretty yeah. big fucking deal. He's like, <laughs> it can't be. And Optimus like confirms, yep, they've traveled back in time. Uh, and that Megatron's trying to destroy their own, that, you know, they're, he's trying to destroy the Autobots. So we're here to save our own future and that they could use their help, his help. He's like, you want my help? I still have your first mess to clean up. And he's like, 
Now where's the way out? <laughs> yeah. And Optimus um, is like, well, geez, can you get on with it? Yeah. <laughs> got a schedule to keep. Yeah. We're paying you seven fifty an hour. <laughs> to clean Stop up our messes. Because <laughs> um, he's the janitor. Op- well, yeah, of course. He's the cleaner. Um, the, the cleaner? Just- you mean like like uh, like on uh, Broad City? Yes. <laughs> more like uh, Killer Seven on the cleaner. Or you could even say like Kenny Omega from uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Although probably nobody here gets that reference, so nope. <laughs> oh, that is that I'm is sure like that was, there it, was it the cleaner? Was the name from uh, the Venture Brothers character, or was it uh, Mister Clean? Uh, I'm not you know sure. with the acid melty uh, spritz bottles and and all yeah. that crap. I cannot remember for sure. It's been so long since I saw yeah. that. Like I mean, he looked like Mister Clean, which was yeah. part of the shtick, but. I can't remember if he was the cleaner or actually was called Mr. Clean. I want to say it must have been the cleaner because I would think if they called him Mr. Clean, there might have been some copyright or trademark infringement there. <laughs> but yeah, fair use. That's, that's what I think, too. Fair use. Yeah. Um, well, the, well, that's yeah. the thing. I don't know if Mr. Clean is fair use. Uh, uh, I mean, well, like, li- I mean, like literally anything is fair use. It depends on how you're doing it. But uh, yeah, I like, mean, clean. It's pretty hard to, to, to copyright the word clean. Mm. I, I, I just have, <laughs> I don't know this. I just took one class in business school one time about this. Uh, but I will say that the, the cleaner gag in Broad City is one of my favorite things about that show. She works at a gym and there's most of the people that work there are trainers and they have like, they have like nice shirts that say trainer, like a gym, yep. you know, like a gym trainer. But then there's like the janitors. They're wearing the it's the exact same uniform, but it says cleaner instead of trainer. <laughs> and and then like they just like are you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh and also the, there's a giant mess in the bathroom. Somebody went crazy on one of the toilets. Can you go clean that up for me? Because like, <laughs> in any if you actually were, it's funny because if that actually was a real job, then the the employee the staff would share those responsibilities. But instead, everybody just shits on Abby, and it's funny. Yeah. Uh, oh shit's on Abby. Ah, yeah, no, that too. In that too. The toilet. Yeah. I was watching the show <laughs> earlier tonight because uh, it was on Hulu and reasons. <laughs> but I thought of that. She's a cleaner. <laughs> so we we get one final exchange between Optimus and Death Charge because Optimus is like, "You're not responsible for what happened on the colony, and neither am I." And so stop looking for revenge and do something to help. And this is where we get my my second favorite line from this episode. Because Death Charge turns around and he's like, it's not revenge I'm looking for. It's justice. And 15-year-old me was like, that is such a badass fucking line. <laughs> I'm sorry, Greg. So, I mean, it, it probably was pretty cool back then. But it's like yeah. a little it's, – it's, it's pretty – you know, it's, it's a common it's, thing that – it's a cliche, but the yeah, reason yeah. that cliches mm-hmm. are cliches is that they work. So yeah, I'll drink to that. <laughs> I was, was going to say it's just like, especially <laughs> at this point, I think it's a very thin line. Yes. Like he very, very thin. Like, I know he thinks it's justice, but from the outside, it's looks it's it's hard to tell. Like, I mean, he has it, he has a very justified reason. Mm-hmm. It's but at the same. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, it seems like an obsessive revenge. Yeah, it's like Rampage's white whale almost. 
Yeah, totally. Because like, yeah. I mean, if he worked with the auto, I mean, yeah, the Maximals, if he works with the Maximals, he could still fight Rampage. Yeah. He doesn't need to be on his own, but he's just like deciding he has well, to. Because... He doesn't he doesn't believe the system has screwed him over in the past. The last time he worked with them, they they didn't do what they said they were going to do. And instead, they sent him off on this thing. You know, the they system did say is they, broken. They, they, they did say they did do what they said they were going to do. They just didn't. He just didn't agree with didn't him. Do, yeah, and that's what I mean. Like they didn't take, and but obviously I mean, like, it blew up in their face. He he's realized yeah, that the like, system. I'm just saying, fuck the system. Fuck the system. <laughs> I, I agree with that that sentence, but Optimus <laughs> didn't fuck off. It just it just happened. Like he just was doing his job. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You know who else was just following orders? Shush, shush. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot different of a situation. He's just transporting a criminal. That's not the same thing. And I was also, talking about I was talking about Dante and Clerks. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that um, the 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 Maximals are fighting for a very important cause, and it's yeah. selfish to do what he's doing. Although it's not, inti- I mean, it's not that big of a deal either. Because yeah. again, the Maximals are doing pretty the, the good. Very, right now. The very important cause of subjugating the Predacons. Yeah. Of not having the universe be destroyed from a from a time paradox. Maybe the universe would be better. <laughs> we'll never I mean, know. I don't, I don't think I don't I don't think we would have lived as a species if that the Autobots didn't like you know. We need we need more sci-fi where it turns out better. Like the first Back to the Future movie and Quantum Leap. Those are the only two examples of time travel sci-fi where they make the future better. Mm. Although, do we really ever? We don't really ever find out, like, get a, a real ending what about, to Quantum Leap. What about but, Dragon Ball Z? But at the end of every episode, back. he's like, "Oh, oh, so that person actually was a made it became a millionaire, and all this good stuff happened." Mm. Like, that's the isn't that like the 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 episode is? It's like he gets dropped in. The person like explains the situation. He screws something up, and then in trying to fix it, he gets clever and makes it better than it was before. I think sometimes that's happened, but I'm not sure if it's all the times. Look, I watched Quantum Leap a couple of times ten years ago. I think <laughs> I'm kind of an expert. Uh, okay. In relation to your to your DBZ reference, M, uh, I do agree. Although, as we come to find out in Dragon Ball Super, it's a little... Time travel's kind of wonky in their universe. Well, it's wonky and it's just wonky. It's just yeah. always is. Yeah. <laughs> well, DBZ time travel, you can't change your own timeline, right? Yeah. Because he goes back. Sort of like back every time and... you go back, it creates a new timeline. Yeah. Yes, it's true. But he yeah. still makes like their future better by time yeah. travel. Yeah. yeah. And he makes yeah he makes every future after that better because it because every future after that has him in the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's I guess that's I guess that's the thing. It's just usually usually you see the butterfly effect kind of stuff or the try mm-hmm. to the time anomaly type, like, you know, try to keep them from changing things. I feel uh, like it depends on like what the show is trying to accomplish. Like oh, a lot of time travel stories are trying to accomplish like oh, the horrible part of time travel. But if you're in a if you're in something that's like relatively like lighthearted and then they introduce time travel, it usually works out OK in the end. Yeah. Right. It works out OK. But the goal is is. Either, but I feel like when you're when you're speaking of X Men Days of Future Past, to, that's another one. Where it's yeah, I guess there that's is good. the there is the. Well, I think that's the difference is that 
if it's a somebody comes from the future to warn you, that's that's a little different than the protagonist using time travel. Like uh, the Days of Future Past thing is something went wrong and things are so bad. They're so terrible. But K- Kendall, sorry, I, I should cut you off. But uh, have you seen Steins Gate, the anime? Because I think people no, I like haven't. that. It's time travel and it makes the world better at the end. Hot tub time machine. Also, he he uh, <laughs> yeah, he, invents, he invents he invents I wanted That's to watch Scienceape, but I wanted to actually watch the series, like the things, like the the correlating things in order. And I didn't never got to finish Chaos Head. They don't really match up with each other at all. By I know, the way, but by I know the way, they're related in some way, though. By the way, uh, maybe, but Scienceape's so much better than Chaos Head. Just yeah, I know, but I also <laughs> I also need to get through Chaos Head to get to get through Scienceape so I can get to Robotics Notes. Okay, but I think you could probably skip Chaos Ed if you really wanted to, is what I'm saying. But if you don't want to, that's fine. It's up to you, Jordan. I must make things difficult. By the way, for anyway. any for any doubters out there, uh, Hot Tub Time Machine, excellent film. I never <laughs> saw the second one, but Hot Tub Time Machine, way better than it deserved to be. So, all right. So getting back to the episode, because we only got like a couple of minutes left in the episode anyway. Um Depth Charge and Optimus, you know, finish off their little conversation. Depth Charge decides to still go off on his own, but Optimus warns him about the other Predacons, to which, you know, Death Charge sort of gets the last word in. He's like, he's like, I got to hand it to you, Primal. When you screw up, you do it big time. But thanks for the tip. So he goes flying off. We then cut to uh, his ship, which is still underwater. And we we get Rampage sort of doing a voiceover he's like it was really nice to see you come so glad you can stay and then we see a couple of missiles blow up the ship he's like oh we'll have so much fun oh yeah and that's the end of the episode that dastardly dastardly um predacon boy yep so yeah it's an interesting episode i really liked it yeah that was cool i got like some neat backstory for Rampage, and it was a good introduction to Def Charge as this like third-party good guy, mm-hmm. which we haven't really had before. We've had like, I mean, I guess you could argue Tigertron's kind of like that, but not really. But not functionally. He showed up like a lot to help with them, so whatever. <laughs> um, and like, I like Def Charge a lot as a character. He seems like a pretty cool dude. I like his voice a lot. He's he's got a good badass voice, and I like his design. Like his his face it just looks kind of cool like, it kind of reminds me yeah. of like soldier 76 and i like it <laughs> yeah that's and yeah cool. I, it's a it's a pretty good episode it was it was, a, it was a standalone which is something i, I mean once K- kendall gets back uh because he stepped out behind the scenes um he can say how he felt about that because he always talks about how he likes standalone episodes but yeah yeah well, i thought it was pretty good when he blew up the ship it was cool <laughs> so did you hear me say about the standalone thing like did you like that about the episode ken what what well, was a standalone episode and you tend to like standalones so i feel like this was fun. super continuity heavy <laughs> how so well it was it was picking up on the on the uh x uh the protoform x arc well, and well yeah but it's like it's also in, like the, the last protoform x arc was so long ago it's it's literally just about these two characters and this one story about these two characters and it's a subplot that'll get picked up probably more but it's it's still kind of like a standalone i feel like i thought you didn't like the continuity when it when it seemed to uh harken or or merge with the 
of Generation One, like a cartoon before this. Yeah, yeah. The whole I mean, Protoform X thing is more in this cartoon itself. Like, I, it's not part I, of the G One. I haven't voiced my actual opinion on the episode. I do think this is a mythology episode, though. Um, oh, okay. You know, you know. Uh, but uh, that said, uh, you know, because because it's picking up on the on the thread of the Protoform X and 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 doing world building. As opposed to just, mm. as opposed to just doing a, like, like the episodes that I loved in the first season were basically bottle episodes that didn't, that, that, that just took place in this little, in this little, these, these three guys are fighting these three guys kind of stuff. But I mean, which is, you know, uh, the show's not that anymore and I'm, I'm dealing with it. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm seeing a therapist <laughs> and, and we're working through it. It's my problem. It's not the show's problem. Uh, mm. I did like I and but Jordan, you're right. I I the I really the ones that I really don't like are when they insert G one stuff or assume, especially like assume you know G one stuff, like like some of the Ravage stuff and and the Starscream episode was the worst. But anyway, um, uh, uh, I liked this episode. I I because I, I like the protoform. I like the protoform X story. So yes. It was, it was good. It was good. And also, also, I mean, as much as I think that the, as, as much as I thought that the toy was dumb for Death, Death Charge, Death Charge is a pretty cool, interesting character. And he's also 18 stories tall. So it's good to have another character that's 18 stories tall. <laughs> I mean, Prim- Primal still towers over him, but he, but not by much. Yeah. Like, like Primal. Death Charge towers over Tidor. So, I mean, yeah. Primal's like, like <laughs> Primal's like a head taller than him. Like yeah. Cheetor is like is like the size of his pinky finger. <laughs> like like these like Well yeah, Optimus does have very large hands compared to his body, so that might be accurate. Yeah. <laughs> like these these, 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 these new I mean the because of the way the universe is shaking up and everything, I mean, you know, these uh these new these new characters are apparently closer to the size of the original Autobots for some reason. Mm. Um I mean I yeah, I don't I like, and I will say, I like Depth Charge's character. I'm not a hundred percent sold on his design, but it's it also is not offensive. And his third form is a necessary evil if they wanted to have a a water thing because you couldn't have. Oh, you don't like you, you don't like his you don't like his manta ray form. You're good with his jet. So so I understand the that that they were like, okay, we've done some stuff. What's a new thing we can do? And it's make water animals, and that's fine. And so if you're going to have a water animal, obviously it can't just be that unless this was like the water world season. Um, so <laughs> so him having the jet form. Also, his third form, his jet form is fine. Like it looks be- yeah. way better than most of the other third forms. Maybe all of the other third forms except for Cheetor. Yeah, because mm-hmm. ironically, ironically, I liked uh, Rampage's third form initially. But I think that was just because Rampage was so cool in that first episode. I'm not on board with it anymore. <laughs> I still like it, and I like Depth Charge design overall myself. So yeah, but it was a solid episode. It was definitely, um, definitely of of mythology episodes. It was, it was, uh, it was solid. Yeah. Well, I thought it was a pretty good episode, and like I said earlier, there's there's definitely two lines that really resonated with, with me as a as a kid that I really enjoyed. So yeah, and. I really liked the episode and rewatching it just kind of just emphasized uh, some of the things I liked about Rampage and Death Charge. Mm-hmm. 
or hated about Death Charge as a villain, not like, you know, just as something there's just like, oh, that villain, I hope he gets his come up this kind of thing. You mean Rampage. <laughs> Rampage, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Which one's really the villain? Things. The guy the one who <laughs> the one who was experimented on and and just and just is and the and the government keeps trying to murder him, trying to figure out how to murder him, or the one who is going around with a vendetta trying to murder that person. This is basically yeah, Ken Kendall, why did that vendetta happen again? What? Because why, did, why is he want why does he want justice? Because uh because Rampage wanted to escape and the Maximals forced him to murder that colony. <laughs> An entire colony? I'll bet like, I'm pretty sure what? there were civilians on that colony. You know what? I'll bet Australia I'll bet Rampage colony. didn't even do it. I'll bet he's innocent. <laughs> oh my god. Have you seen Rampage? <laughs> how he acts? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's how I would act too if if I'd been poked and prodded and hunted for my life and stuff, maybe. He would sadistically murder people. Okay, good to know. How, that how many people yeah. has he sadistically murdered in the show? He's tried show? a few times. <laughs> yeah, so has so has everybody on the show. Not sadistically. <laughs> I don't, I don't recall Optimus Prime trying to rip someone's armor plating off while laughing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so he gave into his rage a little bit. I'm just saying this is like a Wolverine versus Sabretooth scenario. Death charges Sabretooth and uh, Rampage. No, Wolverine. I think it's no. the opposite. But OK, you're just you're just you're just getting it confused because the voice actor for for Rampage kind of sounds like the voice actor from Sabretooth in the 90s. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Moving on anyway. from Kendall's trolling. <laughs> so we've got, I um, assume we have some questions as well as a news post this evening. Jordan, is that right? Yep. We've got a news post, and I was wondering if you wanted to read it this time. Sure. I certainly can. Well, I get the questions ready. Cool. All right. Holy jumpins is a big one. <laughs> All right. So, news I posted uh, pics, by the way, of, of from the links. Yes. Cool. Look at that. So, Lady K writes in Hey, Transmetals, another week, another news post. It's still very hot over here, but again, I endure for the adoring Warren Beast public. First up, Transformers of Last Night is now officially out worldwide. She saw it last week, and she'll save her opinions for a later time. She goes on wink. to wink. Um, so now that it's Walk. out, yeah, that means no more movie news, right? Well, if we're a listener of the sister podcast, TWA, then, of course, you know better than to think that the movie news will ever stop. The uh, The movie came in at number one in the U.S. on its opening weekend last weekend, uh, opening at 69.1 million domestic. That puts it 31% behind Age of Extinction, making it the only one of the films to not break a hundred million in its opening weekend. So, so it was uh, successful, but slightly less successful than the other yeah. films. Yeah. It hasn't, I mean, it hasn't broken even yet. Yeah. So she, she goes on to say, now I know you're all very sad that this movie isn't performing as well as its predecessors here in the U S but wipe away those tears for that's only half the story. While the last night is underperforming domestically, it's starting strong overseas with a worldwide launch of 196.2 million. And of that amount, 123.4 million is from China. Of course. Wow. Yeah. So it seems that while There's American audiences, 
<laughs> so while it seems that uh, American audiences are starting to realize that maybe these movies aren't actually very good. Uh, China is continuing to eagerly consume them. Uh, she goes on to say, only now, I 9 million what... people in America went to see it this weekend. Yeah. Only the week after Wonder Woman came out. Yeah. So she, she goes on to say, uh, now I know what you're thinking, Casey, that's not real movie news. That's just you reporting on how the movie's performing. Well, fear not that's, because she, that's news. yeah, she, she, <laughs> she's got more news on next year's Bumblebee movie. Uh, producer Lorenzo de Bonaventura recently did multiple interviews during which he confirmed that filming for the spinoff would begin in August. He also went on to talk about how the movie would be smaller and more focused compared to previous entries. Thank God. Um, he, he is quoted as saying it's a more intimate movie. It's a little bit like Iron Giant, which I worked on many years ago. It's a smaller oh, story. But cool. I like Iron Giant a lot. Yeah. It's a smaller story, but it's still about these larger issues. The same sort of titanic clashes occur. Um, some bold words comparing the spinoff of a series of emotionally shallow explosion marathon to the <laughs> cinematic giant that is the Iron Giant. Mm -hmm. But hey, with the Kubo guy directing, who knows? Assuming they don't remove him partway through for not falling in line like with Ant-Man or the upcoming Han Solo movie. We'll... I guess we'll wait and see with that one. Uh, he also did imply that Bumblebee would show up as a VW bug. That's pretty cool. I'm yeah. down with that. Uh, Kay goes on to say that she would be happy to see B back in the more classic form design uh, that fits the name, uh, considering they had him as a VW vehicle during World War II in The Last Night. Spoilers. It would certainly <laughs> make sense to have him as a, a VW. fucking badass as a VW whatever. <laughs> Um, she says good movie. Been... Go watch it. If you if you listen to a Beast Wars podcast and you and you have and you enjoyed the first Michael Bay movie, not the rest of them, then go into this and you'll have an enjoyable experience. Buy a hot dog for a dollar and and watch the movie. Go to the you keep you keep bringing up the dollar hot dogs, and I just keep thinking of the 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 voting sausages that. Uh, uh, Tyler and Jules kept mentioning on the Digimon cast in, during that one segment. <laughs> We're like, that's the only reason people go out to vote in Australia <laughs> is just for the really cheap the sausages. sausages. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I happen to know awful. that there is at least one other person in the central Ohio area that listens to Teenagers with Attitude. And if he's a decent human being, he listens to War and Beast as well because <laughs> of reasons. Uh, so that guy, he knows that about that AMC Starplex with the dollar hot dogs, and I'm sure that he's going there. Is this a person that might or might not be similarly compared to like the Pete Best of this podcast? I don't think so. Is he? <laughs> or are we think? Or are we talking about? I don't, a I don't, make, I don't make you I did, Jeff. Is Jeff? Oh. Is Jeff <laughs> a Central Ohio person? <laughs> I couldn't remember if it was Jeff or if it was somebody else. I, I legitimately – there's somebody on – there's one time there was somebody on the Teenagers with Attitude Facebook group who said, is there any other Columbus people? I'm going to go see Power Rangers at the Gateway. And yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I and remember that too. I don't remember who that was, but I think well, he also made a comment when I said I was going to be at Pack Rat Comics on Free Comic Book Day. So <laughs> – 
I I think he's he's somebody that posts there regularly, but um, yeah. I've had four shots at this point, so I don't need to be <laughs> oh remembered. Wow. Get through this okay. Stuff, yeah. Um, <laughs> Here comes so, number five. Uh oh. Um. So Casey goes on to say, uh, "It's been really fascinating seeing." Volkswagen go from being staunchly against any association with Transformers and war stuff in general to straight up letting them use a VW in a World War II scene in the last night. Uh, she goes on to say she could ramble on and on about it, but she'll save that for another more appropriate time. Uh, she Look, after Volkswagen had that thing about their diesel fuel, that they're probably being, looking for being some associated PR, with yeah. being associated with Nazi killing is not the worst thing. Yeah, that's true. Um, so does anybody here know of the, the YouTube series man at arms? Yes. Uh, I think I've heard of it before. Okay. Um, I watched the Nick Finn sword once. Yes. Um, it's essentially a bunch of weaponeers who go and make different weapons from various pop culture media. Uh, they recently put a video up where they made, a replica of prime sword from age of extinction and the last night. Um, cool. I, I saw part of it myself. The sword is freaking huge. Yeah. Um, they well, also it's, went it's on meant for a transformer. So yeah. Um, they went on to say as well that it was the most complicated build that they had ever done. Um, Casey said that it looks super cool, but uh, she was disappointed that after such a long video that the payoff is like, maybe a minute of cutting up watermelons and impaling a single milk jug. Um, but the video was apparently sponsored by Hasbro, which is pretty cool. And they're like, they could have thrown in at least a fake Megatron head to cut in half. Or she would have been happy if they had like some pumpkins with the Decepticon logos carved into them. Um, she, she asked us if there's any weapons that we would have liked to have seen from across the Transformers franchise. Um, I don't know. I think that sword was pretty cool. Um, there's been a lot of swords called the star saber, so I can't even say that. I want to say like Armada and stuff like that was, they had the star saber in it, I think, or maybe it was Energon. It might've been Energon that they had the star saber. Um, maybe one Maybe Oops, one of the swords that uh, um, Bludgeon has used over time, because yeah, that could, or work. the ones that Drift has used at times too, because both of them oh, have, yeah, have, been, that's right. have been rather uh, prolific yeah. sword users, like in all their forms. Yeah. Um, personally, I wouldn't mind if somebody tried tackling rather than a sword or an axe or something. I wouldn't mind a version of Optimus's G1 gun. I think that'd be kind of cool to see if somebody was. Yeah, able to that'd be cool. Because again, I was thinking like his G1 axe would be cool, but it's like made of light, yeah. so hard yeah. to do. I think I think uh, Dinobot's spinny thing. Oh, yeah, that'd, oh, that'd be, cool. be awesome! And then yeah. also they could like really use cool. it and like figure out a practical use for it. <laughs> so I feel like the entire time that he had it, he like would have it and would be spinning and would look intimidating, and he never used it. <laughs> Or, or go, uh, alternatively, Dinobots eye lasers. This is, this is kind of like a tangent that doesn't really have to do with um, Transformers, but I'm, I'm, I tried to figure out if Man at Arms ever made uh, Guts' Dragon Slayer sword. Yes. Because that's just a big hunk of metal. 
Yes. So Although, if I remember correctly, they didn't. it's a free Dragon Slayer. Yeah, they didn't make the Dragon Slayer store, and I, yeah. and I, I don't blame them, because, again, that would have just been a whole lot of metal. Yeah. <laughs> just, so probably would have been pretty expensive to make yeah. and also impossible to wield. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they did do a video of the pre-Dragon Slayer sword. They did. I'm watching it right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so Someone else made Guts' sword, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the last little bits that Casey wanted to bring up uh, is with relation to some cons coming up and some exclusive figures. Uh, Wonderfest over in Japan is happening in July. Uh, and since we all recently saw Dark of the Moon, she goes on, she's like, I'm sure you remember the scene where Laserbeak turned into a tiny pink version of Bumblebee to infiltrate a NASA agent's home by tricking his child. I actually um, do. Yeah, Wait, and apparently what? now you can get the toy of that. Remember during the scene where Laserbeak was doing cleanup? I mean, about, yeah. the movie? You mean the, the 45 the minutes yet, where so. he was doing that? Yeah. Yeah, one of the scenes was uh, Laserbeak turning into a little to- pink toy car to so that yeah. uh, the agent's daughter basically like brought it in. And then it turned into like a teddy bear thing or yeah. something. I vaguely remember that. I may have paid yeah. that attention the first time I watched it. <laughs> but yeah, so apparently this is going to be a con exclusive toy at Wonderfest. Uh, they they took the Dark of the Moon Bumblebee mold, made it pink with menacing red eyes. Uh, Casey kind of loves it. Uh, I guess she loves weird stuff like that. She goes on to I, say, "I like I like pink Transformers, so yeah. I'm down with it." Yeah. Um. It, so that's Laserbeak. I'm confused. Yes, that is Laserbeak. Why is Laserbeak <laughs> Bumblebee? Uh, so that a little girl would like the toy car for her Barbie and take it home, t- and then Laserbeak could, Laser could murder, kill his his dad or her dad. Okay, just yeah. I, so she, so he becomes a toy car. Yeah, watch the yeah. movie. It's only 17 <laughs> hours long. Okay, I, I mean I'll try. Just but what I can't... you what you should do is you have a switch, right? Yeah. Okay, so start a new game of Breath of the Wild <laughs> and then put the movie on in the background. And then by the time the movie's over, you will have 100 percented it. <laughs> we're talking about the new one, right? Yeah. No. Uh, Dark well, of the Moon talking, was no, the one. Yeah, I've, seen Dar- I've seen Dark of the Moon. Sorry. Okay. I checked okay. out a little bit. I've seen Dark of the Moon. I saw Laser Beginning. I don't remember him being a little pink car. I guess it's okay. just been a while. I also don't remember it. So it is. So, yeah, I don't think it's a, that prominent of a scene. But I'm just yeah. saying, yeah. I'm just saying, if you want to watch Shark of the Moon, just uh, just just start start the start the start start <laughs> your, the latest generation of Pokemon and put it on. <laughs> and then by, by the time the movie is over, you will have a full living Pokedex, <laughs> a full living Pokedex. And you will have and you will have a, a living Pokedex. You don't know what that means. Basically, a Pokemon of every evolutional stage and form. I thought it was a complete Pokedex. So, so if you complete your po- if you complete your Pokedex, that means that you started with a Charmander and you got him up to Charizard, and you did that yeah. with all the Pokemon. A living Pokedex means you physically have a Charmander, a Charmeleon, and a Charizard separate, Shit. sitting in a box. Yeah. That's insane. Mm. Well, I have it done in uh, Fire Red and, and Leaf Green. Well, that's, at least there's only 150 of those, <laughs> and I'm almost done with it in uh, Sapphire. Ruby and uh, what was it? Uh, like with the national one too? No, that's the thing is that I don't have the nationals done for those ones yet. 
but there are but there are some national things I can get from both. Of them. So a living down. national decks would be fucking insane. Yeah, I'm that's sure what I'm. That's what I'm it, saying. Like, you could complete <laughs> by the end of by the end of wow. Dark of the Moon. Wow. All right. Yeah. It's a anyway. long movie. Anyway, I'm almost done with this news post. Oh, sorry. Um, so Casey uh, does mention as well, because um, San Diego Comic-Con is coming up in July, obviously. Um, there is a collaboration going on between Hasbro and a company called Primitive Skateboarding. Uh, and they are combining their forces, so to speak, to make a Titan's Return version of Power Master Optimus Prime called... Um, let me take a look here. What is the name exactly of this that they call it? Uh, Shredicus Maximus. Yes, Shredicus yes. Maximus. Um, or is that like the little bot that goes? I think that might be the little bot. Yeah, Optimus Prime and Shredicus Maximus. Yeah. Uh, so his like little power master is called Shredicus Maximus, and the essentially what they've done is they they changed the color screen color scheme to be black and gold. Uh, with like gold trim, which looks pretty uh, cool. Colors, yes. primitive, and and the Power Master gets uh, some new accessories in the form of a hoverboard rail and ramp, um, it, and it, I guess it comes in a really cool box. Um, but the surprising thing for most people is that it's fifty dollars, and that's only five dollars above the retail release uh, for the con exclusive. And it comes with all the extra skating accessories and that sort of thing. So this might be the most affordable con exclusive that she's ever encountered. And I guess she's really tempted to try and get one of the leftovers off of Hasbro. Because any that aren't sold at Comic-Con are going to go on Hasbro's online store. I'd always be tempted to try and get it myself if I had the money, but I don't think I will. Yeah, I don't have the money. Um, good, Good luck. Good luck, Casey. Yeah. I could probably um, accidentally f- spend $50 on it, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, so she goes on to you ask. You say that uh, now, but wait until six more shots. <laughs> no, look, if I'm going to accidentally buy anything tonight, it's going to be it's going to be the first season of Pete and Pete on DVD for too much money. But that's oh, not going to so happen. Not, not, not a whole bunch of swords. <laughs> That's not yeah, my style. I buy DVDs when I'm drunk. Because, you know, sometimes you're just sitting at home alone, drunk, and then this commercial for swords comes up and you just have to buy them. <laughs> oh, man. So, and also Sailor Moon just came out. The second part of season three just came out. But I don't have enough money. I got to pay rent. Anyway, I, she, she's got one last question for us in this news okay. post. She, she asks if there are any notable convention experiences that we've had. And if we have... Did we score any cool convention exclusive merch? Um, uh, I ne- I haven't. Well, oh, okay. Wait. Uh, I once got a really nice um, uh, ground defense Malchen pin from a con uh, from an Otacon visit, like once. But other than that, I haven't really gotten con exclusive stuff. Con stories, however, I mean, there's other things like that. Like, I don't think I ever told the sexy vampire story, did I? No, you did not. Tell the story now. Okay, so... well, Kendall is very a, interested in this. There was a sexy vampire party story to go to go along with a Gen Con that I once went to. Because basically, and like my friends 
also like to tell the story and they like to basically exaggerate all the numbers that are involved in it because it's just funny that they keep compounding it more and more. I'm trying to remember what we're currently at. But anyways, I went to the White Wolf booth when they were still like had the second edition of most of the World Darkness thing. And I got it and I basically spent so much money there. And I think we're up to like a couple of billion. But anyways, uh, I spent so much money there that as part of the deal, they uh, they gave me a uh, invite to like a uh, party, like, you know, convention party mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, that that for uh, White Wolf fans at a nearby bar that like wasn't in the convention center. It was like off 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 to the side to like one of the bars there. And basically uh, everyone like all my friends were joking and calling it the sexy vampire party because the invite had a sexy vampire on it. And I was like, well, you know, I kind of don't really like going to bars by myself. Does anyone want to come with me? And pretty much I got resounding no's. And like other people were like, well, if, if I'm around, blah, blah, blah. By the time it came around, no one was around or was willing to go. So I went, ended up going by myself. You uh, still went then. Yeah. yeah, I still went. Uh, and like it, it was like a three floor, like three floors bar where like basically they put, had TVs that were showing all types of vampire movies, like even from like the classic uh, Nosferatu to interview with a vampire, like all kinds of things like that. And uh, interview with a vampire is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> and um like the when i first got there it was pretty sparse but apparently that's because there was like another white wolf white wolf uh panel going on that lit out an hour after the party supposedly started and then by that time after that that first hour it filled up really quick and it was really like a lot of people there mm-hmm. uh but it turned out that um the bar there like I was asking, like, well, how much for a drink? And they're like, oh, it's an open bar. Everything's free for uh, anyone who has an invite. Oh, wow. And so I'm <laughs> like, oh, shit. OK. And so I text my friends. It's like, hey, guys, what are good mix like mixed drinks and stuff to ask for? There's an open bar here. And they're like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> they sort of felt like assholes after that, I bet. <laughs> And so, like, again, another number to this. So after, like, 20 armored of sours, uh, <laughs> but no, sours after, yeah, after I tried a couple of drinks and, and, and stuff like that, like, I think, like, basically after, like, an hour and a half there, because it or at least almost an hour since when it started, when it got full like it did, I basically left because, like, you know, it was really crowded and it was <laughs> and uh, I actually had drunk enough alcohol that I think I, I was actually drunk. <laughs> so I went to walk it off. Okay. Yeah. I got, a, I got, Oh, sorry. This is, no, I, I was going to say, and that's the sexy vampire p- party story. Okay. <laughs> so I've got, I've got three, three quick things. Um, cause I, uh, am a comic book fan. Um, and, uh, we used to have a, a really cool comic book convention called mid Ohio con in Columbus. Uh, that was like the perfect size, like that we had, like one year Ray Park came and one year oh, Lou Ferrigno cool. came. Like, you know, you kind of have like one kind of decent, you know, con- person who goes to lots of conventions level celebrity would come and, you know, but mostly it was a comic book convention and it was very friendly to retailers. So you would, so it was relatively inexpensive to get in. It was like 15 bucks a day to get in or something. And then, uh, lots of really good sort of convention retail deals. My friend got like, the first bunch of volumes of walking dead for super cheap. Uh, 
I got uh, I got the for twenty dollars. I got the original run of Secret Wars, all twelve issues, including uh, the eighth issue, which is the origin of the Black Suit Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that led me to kind of pay attention to other conventions around around Ohio, and uh, I ended up going to this uh, convention in Cleveland. I can't remember what it was called, but it was not a comic book convention. It was basically a bunch of a bunch of people who never leave their parents' basements uh, trying to sell their comic book collections. It was very <laughs> had a, had like a flea market kind of feel. Yeah. And when I was there, I bought because I was because after I bought Secret Wars eight, if anybody knows anything about Spider Man, what's the next issue bought you buy after Secret Wars eight? Can anybody answer that? Uh, I cannot remember, but it's the the one when he's back on Earth with the costume, right? Yeah, yep. Amazing Spider-Man two fifty two. That's okay. okay. And then the third I've one read, for that trifecta, novel, that, that, like, I thought it was two fifty, but you're right, it's two fifty two. The third one of that trifecta is is Amazing Spider-Man three hundred, which is the Ven- uh, first Venom, but that's a really expensive <laughs> issue. But for well, like twenty five bucks or something, I got a rag of. Uh, of 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 252 um and uh the funny thing about that is i forgot i had bought it and when i was organizing my comics uh oh my god it was almost two years ago um when i sort of set up my man cave and framed a bunch of books and stuff i was like wait i have spider-man 252 this is awesome and it's in terrible shape which to me if you're going to display a comic book (laughs) the worse shape it's in the better okay like like if it's i mean you don't want it to have like markers all over it but like if it's like if it's an older book and it's like kind of got some crinkles on it gives us some character it looks cool displayed you know it's like wearing a vintage t-shirt um uh so that was cool and then the other uh story i have is uh after after wizard wizard world bought the uh the the comic book convention and ruined it uh i did go for one year and uh uh, the one upside is that now it's just a it's just a convention celebrity convention. So there's like, you know, all the people that all the people who were on a TV show 20 years ago um, go there. Uh, but uh, James Barsters was there. Uh, of course, Spike from Buffy. He's coming here this summer. Or and, not this uh, summer, this fall, rather. And uh, also also uh, he was a brainiac on uh, Smallville. So I asked him a question. I said, who would win in a fight? Spike or Brainiac? <laughs> to which he replied, "Well, Piccolo. Spike would." <laughs> to which, to which he replied, "Spike, Spike would win, but then Brainiac would just keep coming back." And I said, "Well, I, you know, I thought that too, but I figured Spike might come back also." And he said, "Yeah, that's probably what would happen. One would beat the other, and then the other would beat, them. and they'd just keep coming back, and it'd be an endless loop." That's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> that is he sounds like a cool guy. Cool. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah he was. Uh, he was cool. I mean, obviously, I only I only saw I didn't like meet him one on one because I didn't want to because uh, because I didn't I don't like to do the like just wait in line and shake the hand of the celebrity. Uh, like if I was going to take a spot in line, I would want to buy something and I don't want to buy anything. You know, I don't want to pay money for a signature. So mm-hmm. uh, so I didn't you know, I, I just started, sort of that was the same convention that Adam West and Burt Ward were at. And so I sort of just walked by their table. Like uh, lo- watched, saw them out of the corner of my eye, along with Billy D. Williams and uh, Walter Koenig. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, it's a it was a it w- it became a celebrity convention, and I, which is 
super bitter about that because it used mm-hmm. to be so cool that you could go and it would be a reasonable price because like if you go and you want to like I, I I did get to go one other year without paying and I bought a bunch of Walking Dead trades for five bucks each. But it's like mm-hmm. if I had to pay 40 bucks to get in and then I spent 100 bucks on five dollar trade paperbacks like it, it would be tainted. Yeah, that's all. I will. I will. Am uh, mm. M or Greg have convention stories? Uh, I mean, do you have anything? I went to a convention. It was cool. I met Dante Bosco, and I also hung out with Team Four Star for most of it. And I also met Scott McNeil, who does a lot of voices in his show. So that was cool. And it was a casual meeting. It was like because I was hanging out with Team Four Star, and Scott McNeil just like showed up and started hanging out with us. And I was like, oh, cool. Like this is like Duo Maxwell, fucking. Wolverine fucking, you know, like <laughs> all these people. That was really cool. He was a really nice guy, really friendly. Which Wolverine was um, Scott McNeil? He's the one from uh, X-Men Evolution. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's he the least important good. one, but that's so yeah. cool. I mean, I, I, I like I like his I like his portrayal of X-Men, I, I, of Wolverine in that one. I like that show a lot myself. Um, Yeah, and I mean, like, it was, yeah, it was cool just, like, hanging out with people. And oh. it was cool that I, I knew one of the guests at the convention with yeah. Team Four Star. Uh, I went to high school with Curtis Arnett, so oh, one, I was one other, one other, One other real quick story. When I did go to the convention and, and Ray Park was there, I was sitting in on his panel. And the person who was moderating with, his, with the panel was this uh, was this um, uh, New Zealandy looking guy uh, f- um, who was, like, a kind of, you know, around around my age, maybe a little younger um, and somebody asked a question and they said, you know, how did you two get to meet each other? You were in the first Star Wars movie and he was in the second Star Wars movie. And I realized that the person who was handing the microphone and like basically Ray Park's handler was the guy that played young Boba Fett in episode two. Hmm. And I was like, this just this room. I was in a one Star Wars person room and now I'm in a two Star Wars person room. and I didn't know how to feel. <laughs> That's really um, as far as for me i mean i've uh and then I, you went I, to a three-star wars <laughs> restaurant <laughs> um i haven't really gotten to go to many cons it's mainly just been comic expos for me but i've i mean i've gotten to meet like nick bradshaw and uh, the main artist for uh, The Walking Dead, because my son is a huge Walking Dead fan, so I got a picture oh, with him. Oh, my God. I went to a panel with him. He's fucking was, crazy. He <laughs> seems like he's kind of out there a little bit. Like I was going to say, too, that I also met um, Yuri Lowenthal, who's a big anime voice actor. Yeah. So, somebody yeah. somebody asked, cut off a little bit. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> like, fine. jokingly asked him, like, you know, what do you think is going to cause the actual zombie apocalypse? Like, sort of jokingly. And then he went into, <laughs> in on this conspiracy theory about big pharma and, and like, their the chemtrails and all this stuff. I was like, Christ. whoa. Also, it was, <laughs> like, 7.30 in the morning, which made it even, even weirder. My wife was there with me. That was the year she went with me, and it was. We were both like, "What is? What is this?" <laughs> oh man, I, I have, con, yeah, I have con um, memories. I should, I should go to a con sometime. The um, probably the biggest bit of swag, I guess you could say that I've that I've ever had was um, I've got the the Daredevil comic with the the first appearance of Elektra. Um, I picked it up for like I think I want to say like fifty bucks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have the very first, uh, Marvel GI Joe comic for a long time, but I got that from a yards, a school yard sale 
back when I was in like grade five. But unfortunately, I don't know what happened to it. I'm kind of kicking oh, myself. Wow. It's yeah, but, but yeah, th- those I didn't really have. I don't really have too much con stories per se. Um, we should try and get a few questions in, but then I gotta get to bed because unfortunately, I gotta be up early. And I gotta, I gotta eat. Hey, guess who doesn't have to be up early? Because we're recording on a Tuesday. This guy. Kendall. This guy. That's why, he, that's why he's drinking. <laughs> well, okay, it's not well, the only reason. I know we've ah. got some questions from Twitter, and uh, I think Eric had yeah. asked us a couple of questions last week that we didn't get to. Yeah. How? Uh, let's get the one that Vajragare uh, Commissar sent us like ahead of time for this episode oh, yes. specifically. Yes. Okay. So, so Def's, uh, he posited a theory to us as well as a question, mm-hmm. uh, or at least basically asking what we thought of it. Uh, so Death Charge is obsessed, uh, obsessed with revenge over Protoform X's destruction of Colony Omicron. There's another former Maxwell character in the show that was obsessed with protecting the colony, Inferno. Uh, could Inferno be another failed protector of the colony, uh, Omicron, possibly one that was away at the time Protoform X broke out? Driven mad by his survivor's guilt and uh, amnesiac from his uh, pod damage. Uh, and I think that's actually kind of a that's, cool idea. That's a really that cool fan cool. theory. Yeah. And it could yeah, be true. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like protoforms are usually like baby transformers who like didn't yeah. really like have a life before yeah. that. But Protoform X had a life before he woke up. So who knows? Maybe. We've like established could, we've established that. I mean, I think Protoform X is a separate Thing. Like that's just his code name. He had other names before then. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, or after then. Like they just he he went crazy when he was identified as. Uh, we've established that the protoforms that were on the maximal ship in general, like the random protoforms, are like our baby our baby transformers because of Silverbolt. Because Silverbolt specifically says that he's been, never been to Cybertron. Mm-hmm. And then Rat Trap says, "Well, when we do, we can go to the topless. Yeah. We can go to the topless bar." Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but it's a really there, cool theory. I like it. Yeah. There is like the there are a small prequel comic that uh, to Beast Wars that was like put in with what was some of the anniversary editions that kind of points out that kind of points out that um, Tigertron and Air Razor were actually around first and basically. In the process of of uh, of the the dark side escaping and Axelon giving chase, they got they got damaged and blown out in space, and they th- had to basically copy their personalities into uh, into like stasis pods with protoforms. So that I was gonna say, like it, they kind of like basically were reduced back to protoforms that maybe just were jarred jarred because of everything else that happened. But I don't know, like it might be possible. To, That's that, weird. Look, everything you just said yeah. is very weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like if I had the, if I had the comic, I'd I'd, I'd show you guys. Yeah. Okay, like cool. I, I would scan. I would scan some stuff <laughs> so it would make a little bit more sense what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No, I. I mean, yeah. I hear what you say. It. It. That would what, actually what I'm make more sense. Is that when uh, a transformer being put in those stasis pods, they might have been reduced back to a protoform. Uh huh. Yeah, yes. it could be. I could see it. Yeah. Oh, I'm. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good theory, though. 
It's a, oh, yeah, it's definitely. a, it's an interesting, and, and I mean, even, you can even go, uh, like a level deeper, like, cause like the first, the gut reaction is no, the obvious reason is that he's crazy, that he's, <laughs> and he's an ant. That's why he's talking about the colony. But if you're, if your brain is on the colony of the colony of the colony and the scanner is going around and you're looking for somebody else who's thinking about the colony, you're going to scan an ant. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. Inferno is one of my favorite characters theory right question now. Question there. I think I gotta. Uh, say, I just wanna. I just wanna say I'm like so glad Inferno's not dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. He's a really cool character. He's. Yeah. I don't even, even think he's he, that even great. He he's just better than like he's better than like fucking Quick Strike. He is. Yeah. Like he's. he's I think he is cool. He's yeah, sort of. I always like them. I. I mean, I mean, at this point, at this point, like I'm just grasping at nostalgia straws. Because, like, <laughs> I just, anything that connects to season one at this point, like, I'm just, like, give me, like, that, that, uh, don't spoil anything, but that, that white Dinobot looking thing in the, in the, in the theme song, I'm really hoping that Dinobot comes back to life. I guess mm-hmm. we'll see. Yep. Yeah. Just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, Emily doesn't know. She hasn't seen this far in the series. I, know, mm-hmm. I don't know. You're right. I don't. <laughs> I'm just as oh, right. just, just clueless as you are. I was talking about beast, and I was talking about beast machines. We've seen some of that. <laughs> you got beast machines. Beast questions. machines. You got an encyclopedic yeah, we got, knowledge got of tw- Twitter question from uh, which came in during while we were recording uh, from Rotan Rotan Sorceress uh, or and Profound Pants. Yep. Hey, we haven't gotten uh, a Profound Pants in a long time. Yeah, yeah. I see you. Like, I'm glad to like, have you back. Like for a while, we were getting so much from profound, profound pants that I made a joke on the April Fool's Day episode about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you have to punch a horse. What horse do you punch? You can choose a specific horse or general breed slash type of horse or both. The horse from Blazing Saddle that uh, oh, that you Mongols, mine. that Mongo punch. Well, you punches. can have the same one. Because, because like Mongo, Kendall is only pawn in Game of Life. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I would punch the, the horse from the cartoon Brave Star, because I think that the only way he would respect you is if you got in a fight with him. So I would punch that horse so that I could gain his respect. Jordan, I feel yeah, like as a My Little Pony fan, there's probably a My Little Pony that you want to punch. No, because they're all nice, and no, aren't there? Aren't there bad ponies? <laughs> that's, not how, that's not how it. There isn't really. They're they're not. Most of the bad characters aren't actually uh, ponies, though. Except for like the first episode with like the yeah, moon but, one, but yeah, then she but turns even, good at the end. Yeah, well, like it, even so. even even then, you don't know. I wouldn't want to punch her. I'm just saying there's one look, bad pony at look, one point. Jordan, I, mm-hmm. I watched I watched the first I put the first episode on because it was like in the heart of the brony thing, like of the everybody loves my little pony thing. And like I would go to comic book conventions and random people would be like, Oh my gosh, I haven't seen the end of the last season and they were talking like it was something like it was a like it was like the breaking bad of My Little Pony, but uh I couldn't I couldn't watch it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just, it's I, not for everyone. I, lo- I I was like, wait a minute, no, this is my little. I put on My Little Pony, and it was what I expected it to be. <laughs> like, yeah, well, before everyone said this is the Breaking Bad of My Little Ponies. <laughs> I mean, I haven't watched much of it, but I feel like it it must get like more after the first couple episodes. Yeah, like whatever. my from my experience, basically, if if 
if people have more than a passing interest and like actually watch more than say like half of the first season, they actually kind of like enjoy it. And that mm-hmm. might carry them over because especially by by that time, they really find their groove and the stories get really kind of fun to, you know, fun and, and silly and stuff like that and are just much better. And they got like basically a good writing team and stuff like that. So if you stick around till then, like you definitely that's a lot to uh, stick around for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's the <laughs> thing. Like, it doesn't grab you right away. Uh, or, you know, like by the mid mid first season, then, you know, that's fine. It's probably not for you. But if you basically can't. But if you're basically, you know, even if you just like casually just get through the first season, you kind of will probably start, you know, liking and getting more interested in the seasons after that. So, yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things where it just grows on you. You mm-hmm. know, if the more you watch it, the more it will grow on you. And I, I know about my friend who has who had who has like I think she's like eight years old now but his his daughter watched the show oh i said, thought your friend was eight years show. old my no age. no my friend has an eight-year-old daughter <laughs> I think she's eight years old now she would have been like six at a time or something like that or, or even younger i don't know but she she liked the show so he mm. watched it with her and he said like it's actually a pretty good show okay yeah and that's said, i so. think i think that's one of the nicest things because it's made by well it was originally created by a uh some group of people who basically are good at and know to make a cartoon that is basically watchable by anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they know that it's that children are going to be watching with their parents. So they tried to make the show uh, accessible to everyone. And, and specifically, I mean like Lauren Foss and, and uh, writers like her and, and Craig McCracken and to a lesser extent, Gendy Tadavosky too. Like they, they make the, they make series that are really uh, geared in certain ways that, like a like a, you know like they're the like uh Powerpuff Girls and um Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends like that like you watch those things and yeah you know like they they they're definitely you know they're definitely something like kid shows that can connect to connect to them but there's oh, a yeah. lot of stuff in there that are there for grown-ups too yeah, yeah. Gandhi Tartov she's awesome like Eric yeah. I've been reading his Luke Cage comic as it comes out on uh on on Marvel Unlimited, and it is great. Like it I, is I like, like how, nothing else that's get, that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. I like I like how those three people had to said the coolest names, like Lauren yeah. Faust, McCracken. <laughs> like holy well, shit, <laughs> Greg McCracken and Lauren Faust are married. I mean, she just didn't take his name. But yeah, I, there's want, a, I mean, that doesn't. That's not really. I mean, I, I wasn't. I don't. I didn't so know I that. Mean, it's like, also not really relevant. I'm just saying they both have really say, cool like, names. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be cool <laughs> if it was like Faust Dash McCracken? there's a there's a uh there's a there's a Patton oswald bit that he does on one of his netflix specials where he sort of like he talks at first he talks about like star wars lore and like you know starts rambling off random facts about star wars and he's like but you know my my daughter's real into my little pony and you know i can't really get into that and then he sort of starts talking about it and then he sort of parallels the speech of of that (laughs) So Emily, what pu- what horse do you want to punch? Well, I don't want to punch a horse because horses are, are beautiful creatures. I've, then I was starting to think like, okay, so I'm trying to think because I want to answer the question, and I'm like, maybe BoJack Horseman because he's a person that is like, you know, he's a horse, but he's like a Isn't horse. He also, guy. a terrible person. Maybe I never watched the show. I've only and I've watched I a few. I'm about... more inclined to punch his father though. Sure, I don't know, but um, and and then I thought, well, maybe a really really bad horse 
would be that one horse from Berserk. Oh, Berserk on the wait a second. Here. Wait a second. Can I change my answer? Yeah. Uh, my answer is Bad Horse. I I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I want to punch Bad Horse. He's a good horse. <laughs> um, He's a good bad horse. He's the thoroughbred of sin. <laughs> I know. I love it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that I, I was I was thinking the, the, the horse from Berserk. But then that thing's terrifying, so I wouldn't want to get anywhere near it. Is it like so the this Do you not know the horse from Berserk? It, it's pretty I much understand. like in, in Berserk, like spirits are constantly trying to kill, like de- demons are trying to are trying yeah. to kill guts all the time, and they possess things near him. So like this like human spirit possesses a horse, and it gets like a half horse looking half human face, and is fucking terrifying, and it tries yeah. to sexually assault a character. Because that's what happens in Berserk. Well, oh, you like know who's all a- the Cephalus would be would be. Well, no, you wouldn't want to punch Cephalus because then he'd just eat your arm. You know who's <sighs> you know who's the. I'll just punch Bojack Horseman. Okay, <laughs> okay. You know who else I would? What other horse I would want to punch is the horse from Skyrim that you get after you <laughs> beat the Assassins Guild thing, and then he just follows you around no matter what, and you can't put him in a stable. And and he randomly fights the guys that you don't want to fight. <laughs> That'll sound annoying. And then you and even if you murder him, he still comes back to life. Ghost horse. Oh, it's real fucked up. That I can't like remember what his bug. name is. It's like that Shadow like something. Shadowfax. Shadowfax <laughs> is, is oh, like Gandalf's I know. horse. Shadowfax. Uh, I yeah. I'd also punch Gandalf's horse because uh, he could take it. <laughs> So okay. I think um, I think uh, we... profound pants. Or yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sure. I was gonna say, how about we get uh, the one more question that we got for this week, and I guess we'll have to put off <laughs> Eric's because thankfully his questions are more like uh, aren't episode specific, so yeah, we can hold off on them and answer them when we when we can. Yeah. Look, Eric yeah. has a whole podcast yeah, where sorry. he just asks questions. <laughs> well, yeah, but. I do we feel would, bad that we keep putting it off. Yeah. I try and stay up later. It's just that right now I'm still doing a a part-time <laughs> job where I have to get up super yeah. really. This is my final week for it. So it's fine. Uh, but yeah, I got to get to bed soon. So anyways, from the Facebook, Brian Butson asked us, uh, being that Harry Potter, the that Harry Potter anniversary came up this week, what what houses do you think each of the Maximals should be uh, should be in? Oh Jesus! <laughs> They're all, all right, in so Hufflepuff. Let's, let's start with... Because I did the math this morning, and yeah. unless you're a terrible human being, you're in Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. But but <laughs> let's. I mean, Ravenclaws aren't that bad. No, Ravenclaws just, are well, passive okay, aggressive did... nerdy assholes. You... That's so I took the think... the quiz this morning, and I got placed as a Hufflepuff. And you guys know I'm not a Hufflepuff. I'm just bitter about the <laughs> about the quiz. Uh, we can move on. Hufflepuffs are good. I probably am a Hufflepuff. I was gonna say, do you think Rattrap would be a Slytherin? Like, I think Dinobot uh, might have been a Slytherin. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Dinobot's I, definitely I, I a Slytherin. Think, yeah. Um, but I think, I think Rattrap would be in Gryffindor because he, he would be like, "I'm an asshole," but the hat would be like, "No, you're not. Shut up." Well, you're just yeah. Like an asshole. Well, all <laughs> all Predacons of all time have always been in Slytherin. Um, <laughs> Except for Waspinator, who wasn't Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't jive with with uh, what I with the, the lore of Harry Potter. But I'll accept I just that. think he would. Be. That's <laughs> no, because Hufflepuff is not is not just dumb people. Literally, 
people's perception of Hufflepuff is that the b- majority of them are the stereotype of mentally handicapped people, which is not true. No, it's not I at all. I just thought it was goofy. I just thought everyone just put all the goofy, non-brave, uh, non-Harry Potter people. character. You know? Like, ironically, ironically, my perception of Hufflepuff, even though he's a Gryffindor, is Neville Longbottom. Well, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you can say I, I'll, I'll, I'll accept the joke that Waspin, also Waspinator is like a heroic character or something at the end of the show, if I remember right. But anyway, That's, I mean, at the, I'm not saying that he's a Hufflepuff because he's stupid. I'm saying he's a Hufflepuff because he's kind of just like, doesn't have a lot of ambition and is like, le- and, and he does, wants to, just kind of like, he definitely he has ambition, that, but he, he wants to take over. That he wants to. He says he does, but he doesn't actually do anything to do that. Just like Draco Malfoy. <laughs> Maybe. The werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but questions. Maximals. So uh, Optimus is Gryffindor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rhinox is Ravenclaw. Dinobot's Slytherin. Cheetor's, Cheetor's Gryffindor. He was placed in Hufflepuff, but he told the hat that he needs to be in Gryffindor. <laughs> um, and I think, I think Rat Trap could be Slytherin. If... Yeah. It just depends on how Rat Trap was when he was ten years old. True. <laughs> I think like, he was a Gryffindor at ten years old, and then he got more jaded and cynical. Yeah, that, and I mean that's older. the thing. That's the thing. Like, uh, he's he's kind of he. A lot of his his negativity his negativity has to do with more like cynicism and stuff. He doesn't feel like he's above it all the way that like a Slytherin would. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like I said, they're actually all Hufflepuffs because they're not all dickholes. According to the quiz I took this morning. That's like, yeah, wow. there's your question. So with that question being answered, uh, do we have anything that anyone would like to plug this week? Quick plugs. Well, um, uh, okay, yeah, I was going to say real quick, there was a new episode of They See Me Rolling Out. Yes. So if you, if, if you haven't listening to that, like, well... it's I guess it's it's still a good episode to, like, you know, come into, but Especially with the fact that it's basically there's a nice part where Jelly Butter's just shouting angrily at the other two who have left left uh, left her behind to face to face something. So that's awesome. I'll, like I said before, Jelly Butter is my favorite character, so that should be yeah. fun to listen to. I haven't listened to it yet, though. I, I've yeah. The place where I usually listen to podcasts, I'm not really doing doing right now. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, sorry. Uh, you can catch my art at uh, dangershare.tumblr.com and on my Twitter at This Is Emeralds and my Instagram at This Is Emerald. And I have a YouTube channel, This Is Emerald. I have not been super productive lately, but there's a backlog of stuff if you haven't checked it out yet. So go check it out. Um, I'd like awesome. to I'd like to plug Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon. <laughs> um, Official drink of the I, War and Beast podcast. Man, I wish we had a better drink. I guess, no, that <laughs> sounds about right. Like, if this was really, I mean, really, actually, we've got two Canadians. What, uh, probably Crown Royal should be our, our official drink. Um, that would be good. Or a Canadian club. Canadian club would be good. No, no, no. Crown Royal's way better than Canadian club. That stuff is vile. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to no butt you, Greg. I need mm-hmm. to work on my comedic improv skills. Uh, also, uh, Kendallcast.ninja, 
uh, is where I post all of my things. Uh, I've been doing some blog entries about retro game reviews that, uh, I learned that if you post a picture with your Twitter thing, then more people will click on it. Um, <laughs> also, uh, uh, my Twitter is at K Hallman, K H A L M A N. I realized that I haven't really been pushing my Twitter that much lately. So that's that. Uh, as always, check us out on audioentropy.com. Uh, New episodes are going up all the time. Kendall, I think uh, you just guested on uh, Teenagers with Attitude that recorded yeah. this past Sunday, right? Yeah, that'll oh, so that'll yeah. be up in two weeks or whatever. Oh, yes. oh, I should also say, if you want my initial incoherent reaction to Transformers, <laughs> go to KendallCast.Ninja or the KendallCast iTunes feed, and you can... Uh, hear me ramble about it as well as a uh, comedic gold moment where I realized that Panda Express is not open. <laughs> <laughs> um, also with Teenagers with Attitude, I guessed it on the most recent episode that posted uh, along with uh, Eric from Inside the Master Studio and then uh, Zach, Luke, and Matt were also on that op- episode. Sorry, I got, I got one oh, more thing you. I got to throw out there. Okay. Um, so my co-host on Technodrome Tales has done two reviews, two separate reviews of the new Transformers movie, which both can be found at theepicreview.com. That's thepicreview.com. Only one E. <laughs> that was my impersonation of Brad. You were on a – I didn't do his uh, southern accent. Though. He's got a very <laughs> a very beautiful southern accent, North Carolinian which is really funny because, like, he's also – I he probably lives down the street from Zach, but Zach doesn't have much of a southern accent. Nah, he doesn't really have much of one, I find. Um, and, of course, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am on Twitter uh, at Greg C-M-U-N. Uh, if you want to follow us – like, follow the podcast, we are at War and Beast. You can follow us on Facebook at Facebook slash group slash War and Beast podcast. And if you still like to use email, because that was the first email that we've had in forever, you can send an email to warrenbeastpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, shoot, I was going to say something else. I cannot remember what it was now. Oh, well. <laughs> Maybe when you're it editing it, you'll important. figure it out. Yeah. Um, oh, I remember what it was. Uh, if you like what you've heard from us, uh, we are always very thankful if you are on iTunes or Google Play if you want to share and uh, rate or review us. We've only ever had one review on iTunes from what I can tell. Oh. Although it was five stars, which I'm very appreciative. Yay. Shout uh, out to that person. But uh, <laughs> Always feel free to, uh, to give us your criticism or concerns or questions. Uh, we will always try and address them unless we run out of time because we need to make it to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been another week. Another good episode. Uh, we are literally 10 episodes away from the end of this series now. Oh, it's okay. We or, still got Beast no, Machines. Next week, it'll be 10. It'll be, it'll be episode 3 out of 13 next week. So next week, it'll be 10. But yeah, not a lot left. But fear not, because we have plans. Yeah, there you go. It's been a week. So for War and Beast, I have been Gray. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. And I promise I'll be sober next week. I'm Kendall. <laughs> Let's roll, folks. I want to say that that Blu-ray joke that I made way back that no one heard was also on the DF wiki. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
Okay. Okay. 